We're on. Now listen. By the way, hello everybody. Josh Wolf, Bert Kreischer. Hello everybody. Um, Are we rolling video too? Yeah, video. Is this, go, is this streaming live? Streaming live. Where? On Ustream or uh, it's YouTube? It's on uh, Daily Motion and All Things Comedy. Oh really? This is my buddy Will Daly. If anybody digs a very cool singer-songwriter, Will's from Boston. Really? A little bit of little. God damn! I never got to. I was in a band and I never had like that cool voice. He's got a cool voice, hasn't he? Wow! And you know what else he's got? And I don't say this very often. Dude can rock a scarf. There are oh, some. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There are some guys where I'm like, don't. That's not good for you. So you. There are some guys where it looks completely foreign on. There are some guys that are trying too hard, and then there are some guys that it belongs on. Yeah. Like you know what? I saw a picture of a. What's his name? Jennifer Aniston's husband, Justin Thoreau. Yeah. And he was wearing a scarf. I'm like, dude, where's the scarf? Oh, yeah. Brad Pitt put those on a scarf. You're like, yeah. I wonder where he's going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. I, I wonder if I can get into that party. Elijah Wood puts one on. You're like, uh. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, Will Daly, guys. Check him out. W, uh, you know how to spell Will, but D-A-I-L-E-Y, <laughs> Will Daly. Uh, check it out. That song is called Look Out, Johnny. It's off his album, National Throat. Check it out. Um. I wanted, to, I wanted to change. I wanted to call my next album "Perennial Burt Kreischer." I, I, I <laughs> perennial. <laughs> yeah, because every time, like, if, if you ever get marijuana, the perennial one is the best. They're like, "This is perennial Jack Herrera," and you're like, "What's that?" And they're like, "Uh, it is the original one. Like, this is the original." Is that what perennial? Means? I don't know. Perennial honestly. doesn't. What is Aaron? You're smarter than us. What does perennial mean? It means year round. Oh, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> it means year round. Yeah, you like herpes. I think you mean <laughs> annual. I'm biperennial Bert Kreischer. Yeah. <laughs> I was in the dermatologist today, and all I could think is, who's got herpes? Yeah. Someone's in here going, "Tell me this isn't it's, what I think it is." By the way, what a terrible game to play in the dermatologist's office. But you got to figure what they said. I, I read something. It was like something like one in six people. Have herpes? I take it now. I don't really give a fuck. Like, I was worried about it when I was in New York doing stand-up. Yeah. It was like my biggest fear was getting herpes. That was your biggest fear? One of them, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh what? <laughs> yeah, isn't that crazy? Just I, just like b b because you were hooking up so much? No, not even really. That was part of the reason I didn't hook up that much, because I was afraid I was going to get herpes. Uh-huh. I was literally, I was so, this is how fucked up I was about herpes, okay? Like, and I, just because I figured if I got it, I'm like I'm I have bad intimacy issues and I would never be the guy that could have a conversation with someone and go, Listen, there's something I need to tell you first. Yeah. I'd probably just end up giving it to them and then going, Tag, you're it, you're with me. <laughs> like I am just saying, like I have I have a hardcore confrontation <laughs> issues. I have all these bad issues that herpes would not set it up good for me to get her partner. I have to tell you just just and I don't want to blow that your mind, but herpes in general does not make it easy to get a partner. So I don't think it's just you. I think anyone. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> There's not someone yeah. like, this is what I needed. Yeah, you know what I was looking for in An icebreaker. Herpes. Well, my wife, this is how, honestly, how obsessed I was with it. When my wife and I started dating, yeah. and we were like our third or fourth day, right, we were about to have sex. And we were at her house, we were making out. She did that, like, sat on the couch sideways. and was like, first of all, we need to talk. And I was like, oh, this bitch has herpes. That was your first one? First thought. And I didn't, whatever she started saying, I wasn't listening. So all I was thinking was, how, like, does it matter? Mm -hmm. I really like her. 
Does it care? Can you get it? Do you, have it, on, do you have it on your asshole too, yeah, or just I, your vagina? Can I get it with a con? Like yeah. All the all the things. And then she goes, "I'm in debt." That's what she said. I go, "What?" She's like, "I'm in debt." And I'm did in, you like, say, "Herpes gets you in debt?" <laughs> I, was, I was literally like, "I told her." I go, "I thought you had herpes." She was like, "What?" I go, "I thought you had herpes." Like, why else would you fucking have a middle? I thought we were about to have sex. She goes, "Yeah, I did too." And if you are, <laughs> that means we're getting serious, and you should know that I, I'm in debt. And I was like. What the fuck? Like, it made no sense to me. Let me just, by the way, that is where, that's, and I've met your wife. Yeah. That's the difference in your two brains. Right there. Yes. Her biggest concern was, I'm in debt. Yeah. You were like, I think she might have hurries. Yes. <laughs> that, by the way, is so insane that that would be the first thing if someone said to you, we need to talk, and you were like, hey, she got the herp. She's got herpes. And literally, I said, I, by the way, I'd already decided, like, I'll probably have sex with her even if she has it. Like and when when she said that, I was like, "Who gives a fuck?" Here's the kicker: You ready for this? I didn't know this. When you get married, you accrue someone's debt. That's why she had that conversation. And their herpes. I would have rather her had herpes. <laughs> fucking twenty five grand? Are you fucking kidding me? I paid for a cruise. I didn't even go on. Would you? If someone said to you right now, Bert, I'll give you twenty five thousand dollars, but you have to get herpes. Oh, done. Would you? But you're. You'd have I to don't ask need, your, don't even need another ass. Done. But you'd have to ask your wife about it. Oh, I'd just give it to her and go, hey, we got herpes together. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I go, listen, the guy gave me 25 grand. We both have herpes now. Look, it's once a year. We both got to pick out a scab. And then that's it. I think it happens more than once a year. No, it's once a year. It's perennial. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, perennial's year round. Can oh, wait. I, is, what the fuck is perennial? Annual, a, annual is once a year. Perennial is year round. Perennial is like continuing... Throughout the year. Type in, would you type in what perennial Jack Herrera means? Jack Herrera is a weed. Yeah, it's, yeah. he's the guy that can, created weed. Can I tell you weed. Can I tell you something? That when you were talking about how you would still have sex with her, yeah. can I tell you the most disgusting story that my buddy just told me? Yes. Okay, so he's having sex with this girl from behind. And oh. I, oh. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah it's better, it's better, better. <laughs> so he's having sex with a girl behind. And you know, he's a guy who likes to spread the cheeks and look at the booty hole yeah that's his thing he yeah. loves doing that so he says he spreads and he could see a little just a little little duty okay okay so he sees just a little oh, bit God, that would bother me <laughs> wait then she says and and this is when you know you're not with the right person just the way she said it you can fuck my ass if you want which isn't the right nope that means it's that means to her it's no big deal. Yeah, and, and and guys do it all the time, and completely up to you. Yep. Right. So here he's staring at, and he enjoys booty sex. Yeah. So he's staring at an asshole with a little poop, just sticking its head. You know what I mean? Just like, just yeah. like, hey. like a little tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if somebody's drowning and just their lips are out of the yeah. water. Yeah. <laughs> like Flash Gordon when he went into that yeah. into that cage with the. <laughs> <laughs> Let me out. And uh, so I said, um, t please tell me you did not do that. And he goes, oh, no, I had to. And I was like, no, you didn't have to. Here's the worst part. So they have sex. There is poop all over the place. She says to him, this is the best part. Oh, that again. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. That again? So one of the most 
one of the most <laughs> grounding moments in a like where you that has happened a number of times to her. Yes, that again. again. Oh, because he said it like she said it like. But you know how like like if like if your neighbor is playing their music too loud. Oh, that again. Oh. Oh yeah, oh that, oh yeah, or or you know if you call the or, phone, you, the phone company, you're like, are they still delivering fucking phone books? I told them not to. That again. Or fucking taking your kids to school. That. Yeah, again. Oh, I gotta do that again. If if I ever had, like, fucked a girl to that she shit the bed, that would be a one time thing, and I wouldn't I wouldn't share that with the next time it happened. The next time I'm gonna be like, God, there I go again. <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> wah, wah. I have to tell you, there's a couple things. I, I I was like, listen, um, did you like fit? Did you? Is this something you finished? Because once I think once I here's the thing, call me old fashioned, but once I smell feces, yeah, I think I'm out. I, look, I've been in the situation, but where you get behind a girl and and. You spread her butt cheeks or whatever, and you smell something. Yeah, and then I'm like, "Ooh, tap this out. I'm gonna have to flip you over because that I just lost it. Like, but, and that's happened but, before. But I'll tell you what. Look, I'm telling. I guarantee you right now, if you smelled my ass right now, it wouldn't be great. Oh, mine would be disgusting. Yeah. So you I, clean I, yourself I, up if you're gonna have sex. If you're gonna have sex, right? Right. Yeah. So, but and that's the thing. Like, you, you gotta understand. It. But if it's a spur of the moment thing, everything might not be perfect. But that part. And you can't be so casual about sex. Make it sound special. It's not order, ordering a cheeseburger. Yeah. You can fuck me in the ass if you want to. If you want to. Did you want extra pickles on that? Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> don't make it so run of the mill. Just pretend there's some sparkle in it still. It was and like when he told me that story. And he's told me, here is like, uh, here. this is the type of dude he is. Yeah. And he's fucking gross. And But one of my favorite people because I was at a restaurant with him when we were kids maybe 18 19 and this person went into an epileptic seizure at the table next to us he was eating a steak he takes a bite of steak and he looks over at her and he goes i don't hear the music but go babe go and i was like what Who the, the fuck, fuck is, is wrong guy? with you oh my god <laughs> my brother's girlfriend was black he came over to our house the entire dinner called called her that colored girl who is this guy? He's just a typical dude from Boston. And I was like, dude, Jay, you can't say that. He was like, what? I'm not saying anything bad. I'm like, no, no, no. no. Everything you're saying. <laughs> there was Everything a... that you're saying that's coming out of your mouth is fucking bad right now. There was a comic. Uh, uh, I know his name. I know his name, but I'm afraid to say it because I, I would hate to sound. No, no, yeah. No, don't. Then don't. Because yeah. the, I'd hate for him to be. He used to tour with. He used to tour with Robert. I shouldn't even say that. No. But uh, he was from Boston, hardcore Southie. And he was coming to New York to do stand-up. And he's like, and he was not, he was not, he's not a bad person at all. It's just the way he was brought up. And he's like in the front row and he's like, uh, he's like, man, being in New York, I'm bad at accents, but being in New York's good, you know? I wouldn't mind getting with one of you colored girls. And there were these three, four black chicks in the front row. And they literally were like, Wait, what did you yeah, just call yeah. it? But it was so, he was so oblivious to the fact that he said it. He goes, no, what do you call it, Bronx? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, That's this guy. They, yeah. No, but by the way, it's like our friend Joey Diaz. I saw him one, uh, night, saw him one night at the Ha Ha Cafe in North Hollywood, and there were two Asian women up front, and he goes, oh, look at you two. Oh, look at Gina. And then he goes, oh, you two make me want to go home and play Karate Kid with myself. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, listen. For the people who don't know you, I had a bunch of questions, by the way, people yeah. that sent in. Here's a couple of true or falses that people wanted me to ask. Okay. Van Wilder. Yeah. Based on you. 
Uh, true. I mean, yeah, true. Um, it wasn't like it, it was just an article that started the process of making a movie. And what was the article? It was called the Rolling. It was called uh, the Undergraduate in Rolling Stone magazine. Ro- uh, Rolling Stone magazine wrote a six and a half page article about me. Call me the number one party animal in the country. Oliver Stone option the rights to my life or his company. I, I've, you know how you short sell something? You're like, yeah. Oliver Stone did it. I'm sure he probably passed by his desk, but his company uh, optioned the rights to my life. Um, how old start- were you at the time? I was 26. 25, 25. Um, I, they started writing scripts about me based on that article. So they sent the article to everybody. Everyone read the article and then wrote their version of it. The key to this development process was that it had to be an article, it had to be a story about a, a journalist. Because the journalist's uh, life options, the journalist had it been optioned as well. Ah. So in order to keep him attached to the option, because his agent packaged it, the journalist had to be involved in the screenplay. So it had to be a journalist and a party animal meeting paths and the party animal growing up via the journalist and the journalist learning how to loosen up via the party animal. Because that's what happened to me and this guy, Eric Hedegaard. Do you know what I find the best thing about you? What? Because you are, you enjoy a good time. I really enjoy a good time. But here is what comes with a lot of people who, who, uh, uh, who enjoy a good time that does not come with you, man. What? You're a genuinely good guy, and you're like an. You're genuine is the right word. Like you yeah. are a genuine, genuine guy. A lot of party dudes are kind of douchey. You're an arms open. Let's invite everybody to the party. It's a flaw sometimes because I do want everyone invited. Like I have a hard time. I have a hard time. I have a hard time saying no to people also. Yeah. Like, I, lo- I, like, I have a hard time saying no in general. That's my therapist says. But, like, I, I'd love to have a good time. <laughs> so if I ask for a hand job later. No, but no, but if you had said, if you would, and, and this is the truth about me, that I need to fix, but I can't. But, like, if you had come in and said, hey, I'm going to smoke a joint. Do you want some? I would never, I don't want you to feel like I don't want to get high with you. Right. Although I don't want to get high. I Like, I want to go home and work out and spend time with my kids. I would automatically go, I, I really like Josh, and I want him to know that I like him, so I would get high with you. And Is that how the party animal stuff started, you think? No, it started because my girlfriend slept with my best friend and gave me the clap. That's really how it started, really. It, clap, not as good as herpes. No, it was, no. The clap is just painful as fuck. Can you explain to me, because I've never met anybody who has it. Like, oh. what does that feel like? You know you got something. <laughs> <laughs> is that the drip? Yeah, it's the, it's, 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 man, it is so painful. It feels like you're getting punched inside your, like in your bladder. Like when you pee, oh. it feels like a, like a real solid, like in the center of your. I, I got it. I'd, I'd only been with two girls my entire life. My I lost girl. I lost my virginity to, uh-huh. and this girl. And I went to Russia. <clears throat> and in all honesty, why were you in Russia? I went to Russia to go study. I'd taken Russian classes in at Florida State, but I didn't fucking study. I didn't never, I never. I find it hard to believe that somebody at Florida State didn't study. I know, right? <laughs> four years of Russian, four semesters of Russian, never learned the fucking language. Gosh, <laughs> Russian four was taught in Russian. Yeah. I sat there like an immigrant at the DMV all day, just like, huh? I didn't know the alphabet. I was taking tests in an in a in a language I was from unfamiliar with their alphabet, making up hieroglyphics like hashtag horseshoe shoe. So. So how did you pass the first three years? Uh, they needed fourteen kids to teach class. <laughs> Swear to God. Swear to God. They need fourteen kids to have a class. The woman needed to teach class in order to get her master's. She was teach she, in order part of the master system of ultra savonics is you had to teach an uh, Russian class. So when I went in, I found out it wasn't Russian. I was like, fuck this, I don't need to learn this language. We, we won the war. What yeah, am I learning yeah. theirs for? So I have to leave and she stopped me. She goes, Hold on, hold on. 
don't go anywhere. Oh, by the way, this is the third class because I thought it was Spanish. And I had sat through three classes before I realized. So they had already. <laughs> Wait, you thought you were taking a Spanish class? I, yeah, definitely signed up for a noon Spanish class. First day, uh, get to know everybody. I'm not really all there. And like pass out the syllabus. Da 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 da. I didn't get the books. I didn't. Is get this the freshman year? Set. No, no. This is my second sophomore year. And so, <laughs> um, second yeah, second sophomore year. Uh-huh. So and so, uh. I sit, they pass around the syllabus and everything. It's a short class. There's no real. It's like everyone is everyone planning on taking this class. We're all good. Everyone sign up here. Da 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 da. Everyone leaves, and I'm like, that's gonna be fucking awesome. A noon Spanish class. I already kind of knew Spanish. I grew up in Florida, and we're in Florida. Um, second class. I show up high as fuck, and I don't remember any of it. I remember sitting in the back. I remember th- sitting in the back thinking, the sounds are putting me to sleep. Like, I can go to sleep to this. <laughs> Third class, I walk in and they're writing the they're writing something in Russian on the board. It was by the way, it was a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday class. Language classes were five days a week. Third class, they're writing something on the board in a different alphabet, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. is this not Spanish? And I was like, I was been in, I've been in a Spanish class, and she was like, no, you're in Russian, and I was like, oh, I'm fucking out. And she stopped me in front of the whole fucking class. She stopped me and she goes, don't go anywhere, okay? And she goes, I. You've been here for three days. Why are you now leaving? And I go, I thought it was Spanish. <laughs> she was like, listen, if you stay, you really don't have to do anything all semester, and I'll give you a C. And I was like, are you fucking serious? She's like, yeah, I need 14 kids to teach this class. You're the 14th. If you leave, none of these kids can take the class, and I can't teach it, and I can't get my master's, and we can't find anyone now. Now it's Wednesday. People are done signing up for yeah. new like language classes. And she's like, no, please. And I was like, oh, I'm fucking staying. Oh, yeah. I take Russian 1. Russian 2, she pulls me aside. Are you going to take Russian 2? And I was like, I don't know. Is everyone else? She's like, they are. If you are, we can have a class. And I was like, Russian 2. <laughs> I took Russian 1, 2, 3, and 4. And then she said, let me take a trip to Russia. And she goes, if you go to Russia, you'll get a minor. And I'm like, are you fucking serious? dude?" But you went, did the other kids, were they learning? Oh, they were so into it. Like, I couldn't understand. They were low. They were low. Did you go to it. class? Every day. Every day. <laughs> ish. Every day, ish. Like, I definitely. What did you do in class? I just sat there. And listen to people speak Russian? She was hot. She oh was really hot. God. And I just sat there. Like, when I was in Russia, my, my, all my classes in Russia were all taught in Russian, and I didn't know any Russian at all. And I just sat there in an old dance studio, and I would stare at myself in the mirrors and just make faces. <laughs> I, was, I was the worst <laughs> student in the world. Or the best. Or because the best. you took four years of a class, a foreign language class, that you didn't know how to speak and passed, right? And, and passed every se- semester, got my minor in Russian. and li- But by the end of Russian, like by the end of the- How long were you in Russia? Three months, two months, three months. Did you pick up anything? Yes, I started speaking. Well, I, I, I've never told you the story about when I robbed the train in Russia. I've never told you that? No. Uh, well, I got to tell it. I never tell this story. This is one of those things you're like, my, my fans may not know you are, so don't feel free. Yeah, but like, there's a story I've told a bunch, but I will tell it only because we've gotten- I've told half of it already by by conversation, which I never get to do. Let's go. Let's go. So, um, so then we go to Russia, uh-huh. and uh, same teacher on the flight. And I'm telling you the parts I would never tell on stage. These are the conversational parts. On the flight to Prague from Atlanta, we on the flight in Atlanta, we went, me and her went to the bar and started drinking. I was like, she was cool. She was a little was older she, than she's me. She's hot. Yeah, yeah, still is. And uh, she lives in New York. She moved to China. I keep in touch with her. And so she's on Facebook. Yeah, why not? Yeah, right? And so all my class, my whole class keeps in touch with me on Facebook, which is interesting. Wait to hear the story. So uh, so we go to um, 
We go to the bar and we start drinking. We get on the plane. I'm in the back of the plane. She's up front and it's she comes walking back to my seat over the Atlantic or whatever, sits down, opens her pants, and uh, pulls out a fanny pack with 10 grand in it. And I'm like... Wait, when you say opens her pants? Like this. So it's down by her vajayjay. Opens her pants. Uh-huh. Says, I have to show you something. And I'm like, I'm seeing pussy. <laughs> pulls out a fanny pack with 10 grand in it. She goes, I am freaking out. The head of the Russian department gave them all 10 grand uh-huh. to smuggle into the country because you need money in the country, but you can't send money to the country because the mob will know about it. And they have an extra 10 grand or 20 grand to pay off the mob to keep us safe. This is 1995. This is when the mafia ran everything. Okay, so you needed protection money just basically to fly in and be good. To fly in and to stay there, and to, and they and the mob gave us two young gangsters who lived with us on our floor. They lived with us at the end of our floor, and they walked us to class in the morning, walked us back from class, took us on field trips, took us back from field trips. Protect you from who? From the from the mob from, from themselves from themselves from themselves. They were there. So they didn't kill you. They were there so that so that if someone did try to shake us down, yeah. they could step in and go, "This is who we're with." I wouldn't do that if I were you. And that person would go, "Okay, we're good." And that happened a couple times. That happened more than a couple times. They would try to shake you down where? Just, just at where a, you a were? Bookstore, bookstore. We, I want just come up and just start talking to you. But they weren't talking to you like, "Hey, man, where are you from? Yeah. Me, are you having a good time?" Just big guy, fluorescent coat, black slacks. Just start talking to you and. and one of our guys would just walk in between and go, and talk to him and say, you know, this is who we're with. We're fine. I'm here. I work with him. I know him. This is my boss. And the guy would be like, oh, like no problem, and walk away. They'd come up to us when we'd eating. The mafia would come over and just kind of sit down with us. And like regular other guys. Just so people knew when they looked, they would go, oh, he's with them. Well, and if that's any how- other school trip, someone's like, fuck it. You're here. Okay, You're okay, here. okay. So, so this, you know, this is, by the way, this is the more, most fun I've had telling this story. 1995. 1995, okay. I'm 22 years old. I've taken four semesters of Russian. We go over the very first night, our teacher, our head of our Russian department says, we've paid, said to the whole class, we've paid off the mafia to keep you safe. They're going to live with you. Do not look at them. They're in the mafia. Don't talk to them. Don't interact with them. They're not your friends. I was like, oh, they're going to be my best fucking friends. <laughs> so I grab a bottle of vodka and a six pack of Baltic, which is their beer. That first night, I planned a sentence. I was going to say, that's what I was going to say to these guys. Which means what? Hello, my name's Bert. It's very nice to meet you. I work pussy. I work pussy. It, it, it really means I work with cats. Yarabotayu means I work, and then koshka is cats. So it means I work with cats. So That's as close as you were coming, right? That's all I can figure out. Dude, you have no idea how hard it was for me to acquire alcohol that day. I literally was like... Vodka, vodka. Like, and was, how long were you practicing that sentence? All day, all day. Just girl, mumbling to yourself as you were walking to the liquor store. The girl with the accordion. I forget her name. She, I sat with her. She was. Wait, did we skip the girl? No, with no, the accordion. no. She was a girl in my class. She, she brought an accordion with her to Russia for some reason. And that was what she brought. She brought a, <laughs> a fucking accordion. These were we. No, I, mean, I love these people. I'm not making fun of them yeah. because I, I know I see a lot of them in my shows. They were very. Everyone that decided to take Russian was a bizarre person. One guy. They said, you know, I would bring fifteen hundred dollars. For food, one guy brought $1,500 worth of food. (laughs) He flew $1,500 worth of food into Russia. 
His name was Tony. And I walked into his room and it looked like it looked like like he was preparing for Armageddon. Like just hundred Twinkies, canned food. I remember going Tony, and, but it was really sad. And the, and I and I this was he was a very sweet kid. Was he didn't have that money to eat with us. So he could never go out to eat. So me he and this sat in other, his room in the bunker and ate. So me and this kid John would buy food from him so he could go out to eat with us. But we never wanted the fucking food. We just right. felt bad that he couldn't go out to eat. So, um, so I planned the sentence. The girl with the accordion was my friend. She was a little nerdy, but she taught me the sentence and we worked on it. And then I at the end of the, like sun's sundown, which is late in Russia because it's starting to become the White Nights at that time. I go over to their door. Their door happened to be right next to mine, uh-huh. like directly next to mine. We shared a wall, and I can hear them partying. So I go over. My teacher, oddly enough, is across the hall from them, okay? Mm-hmm. My teacher's across the hall. I'm next door to them. I go over. I knock on their door. I have my sentence planned. Door opens, and all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I haven't seen them yet. I'm face-to-face with a real gangster, like tattoos, wife beater, track pants, cigarette, fucking greasy black hair, and he how, just- it, it, How big? Uh, and, not, not very. Like you got to remember, he was, didn't have like he didn't have Similac growing up, you right. know. Like so, like, <laughs> yeah. like it's it's underwhelming when you see p- the pictures on my Facebook. Right. You can find them on my Facebook. But it's a it's a I'm a I'm a, I'm a frat boy. Yeah, I'm a and frat he, boy. You are you kind of fancy yourself, frat guys, kind of gangsterish. Yeah, they're actually gangsters. And he there's no impression on his face. No, no, like oh hey, what's up? It's like he just looks at me and goes Sto. Like what the fuck do you want? Right. And I and I literally panicked. I'd, I'd never been with a like a, a guy a little older than me that was that that chit, like real little hard literally hard and right. I and I panicked and I forgot everything I was gonna plan on saying and all I said to him in his doorway in Russian was I am the machine and he started laughing hysterically. How did you know the word machine? I was trying to say I'm the man, which is Yamashinu, but I said Yamashina, which ultimately means I'm a female machine. I'm a I'm a car. I'm a, I'm a female car, and it just and they don't and they don't have slang in Russia. Yeah. They don't. They never had slang in the Soviet Union. That's so, the nickname. So things become literal. So when I said I'm the machine, he started laughing. He's like, "What the fuck do you mean you're the machine?" Yeah. I just said it again. So that's all I knew how to say. <laughs> I'm the machine. And he brings me into a room. And you're full, holding vodka and beer. I'm, I'm the machine, and I got a fanny pack on. I'm the machine. And he brings me into a room. All his friends, nine gangsters, drinking and smoking. He goes, "Stop, everyone, stop. Tell them what you said." And I'm like, "I'm the machine," and they're like, "He's the machine." <laughs> I drank with them all fucking night long, and all I knew how to say was, "I'm the machine." Wait, you stayed in a room with people you didn't know what they were saying. I could not speak to them at all. I did not know what Igor spoke a little bit of English, yeah. like more, much more English than I spoke Russian. And all I knew how to say was, I'm the machine. And every time they give me a shot, they'd yell, He's the machine. And I go, I'm the machine. And I do a shot. He's the machine. <laughs> I'm the ma- imagine if you imagine if a Russian guy just walked in, spoke no English, and he just walked in and he said, I am the machine yeah. with a bottle of vodka. We'd be like, fuck it, he's yeah, the machine. Sit down. Start drinking yeah, with yeah, him. All I kept saying, yeah, and that and I could say, I fuck cats or whatever. So so we did we did everything together like literally wait so from that moment you were kind of in with them uh that night uh igor was like i lo- i like you me and you are gonna hang out a lot and then you gotta realize these guys ran our trip so like next i remember next morning uh i was in class and igor just stuck his head in my classroom the middle of class we had classes from like eight until one or two mm-hmm. twelve just stuck his cl- head in my classroom and he said uh which means like machine, let's go. And oh, my whole class was like, no one could say no to the mob. They were like, I, our teacher, my teacher was like, I think he wants you to leave. And I got up and I walked out and he was with four of his friends. And he's like, come on, Pai is like, let's go. 
and we went up to the little cafe in yeah. the hotel type place we're staying, and we just started drinking gin tonics. And still, all you knew had to say was Igor could talk. Igor could talk. Uh, uh, I'm underscoring it, but a lot more English than I could. Okay. You could that I'm letting on. But we spoke through that, and then I was I was like hanging out, and I'm I'm picking up on on uh, on nuance of the speech. It was really hard to tell a joke in Russian because comedy was something that the state decided what was funny. So they give like like they had, uh, they had so a, there were no like comedy t- TV shows. There was no. I don't think there was any TV shows. To be honest with you, they had comedians, but the state would say you'd submit your act to the state. And then they would take it and change it and give it back to you. That explains and that's Yakov Smirnov. It, it's actually exactly what happened to Yakov Smirnov. Yeah, and, and he would do. You could do one act, and you could do. And you, sometimes it was an act that another comic had done before, but it died. And they're like, you can do his act now. And so that was it. So like they had never and they had never seen. They'd, oh, here's the other thing. They'd never seen any of the movies that we grew up on. Uh-huh. So anytime I needed a joke, I just reached into a bag called Caddyshack quotes, and they were on <laughs> the fucking floor. <laughs> like little things. You just Did like you... I learned how to say "fat guy" in a little coat, in in Russian. Yeah, and they were fucking floored. So you were the funniest fucking guy in the world, and and larger because than you life. because you had a joke bag bigger, destructive. I Dest- mean, because you could pick from anybody's jokes. Anybody's, uh, literally, literally could and. And but it would it would be you know it would be like what the way you'd quote a movie to your friends yeah and, but except imagine if you quoted the movie but no one knew that you were quoting it they thought you would come up with it and so like they thought I was and I and I am a funny guy so when I learned something funny in Russian Did like you, you had to learn the quotes in Russian a lot of times like I learned how to say uh, you know what I'm saying like I like like. I, I forget if it was a we were watching something or listening to something. It was a black guy saying, "Man, I was like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying." And Igor Igor was like, "Why does he say that?" And I was like, "I was like, oh, it's like a." And I said, "How do you say it in Russian?" He's like, you I'd never say that." So I started saying that to his friends, and I'd be like, "Uh, you guys, you," and they'd be like, "Oh my god!" They, so they loved me, and I was game for anything. I you was, were killing. I was destroying. We ran a pool hall scam one night, and I was killing it on the pool table. And I started doing that Tom Cruise color money shit. That, yeah, and they're like, no. and literally, Igor's boss goes, "Who the fuck is this guy?" And Igor, <laughs> I remember him saying, "He's the machine." <laughs> and so, I mean, wait, tell me something about this scam. Hold on, I got to okay. this in before I tell. So, the pool. You walked in, and you were the playing the role of guy who doesn't know how to play. Like you were hustling people. No, they. Uh, so. The pool, the pool, the, the way, and, I, and anyone who's been to Russia know, probably knows what I'm talking about, but if I'm fucking it up, it's only because it was 20-some-odd years ago yeah. and a drunken night. The way it worked was, I want to say there was more than just 15 balls. They were all white, and I think you played with a black ball. That sounds like, um, what the fuck is the name? Not Snooker, but... It's something like that. Something like that. And the whole concept was, it's all, I'm, I'm going to put it in American dollars, but it, but it was in rubles at the time. Mm-hmm. And you theoretically paid 35 bucks to play the house guy. And then for every ball you made, you got five bucks. And so I, I played the first time and I ran a couple and then the guy ran the table, but he ran it on slop. And I said to Igor, I go, slop counts? And he was like, all you have to do is sink it. And I go, I'm playing again. I play again. And I fucking run the table. Slop counts. I run the whole fucking table. And then I play again. I run the whole fucking table. I play again. I run the whole fuck. Now I'm like up like fucking 150 bucks and running the fucking table. Doing the Tom Cruise. And I'm doing the Tom Cruise. And I'm doing shots. And I'm yelling out, I'm the machine. <laughs> I fuck cats. And, 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 
And Igor comes up to me, and, and there's a there's a group around. Igor's yeah. boys are there. His boss is there. Everyone. It's a posse around. And Igor comes up to me. And he goes, "Time to start losing." Oh. And I was like, "Really?" And he was like, "You can't. You can't walk out with that money. That's not your money." He's like, "Just lose it all. No more leave." And I was like, are you fucking serious? And he's like, dead serious. <laughs> so I was like, oh, fuck. And so then I start losing, and the guy that was a pa- the thing, he starts doing the Tom Cruise shit. Oh, yo! And everyone's <laughs> laughing at me. I was like, all right, whatever. So uh, so then so then one day we go to Moscow, and Igor says to me, he goes, I can't go to Moscow. I said, why not? And he goes, different mafia runs train, different mafia runs Moscow. So we were in St. Petersburg. I said, what's that mean? He goes, don't worry. I had to set up Benditi. They'll take care of you. Sure enough, we get to the train, and he introduces me to my two new gangsters, Igor and Igor. And I swear, I swear to God, those are their names. Three Igors? Three Igors. The three Igors. The three Igors? I, was, I remember when he said that. I was like, I'm not going to forget anyone's <laughs> name tonight. And he's like, guys, this is the machine. If you give the machine vodka, you'll have a great time. And the biggest, the bigger the Igor looks like a kid on Christmas, he's like, oh, I can't wait to play with a machine. <laughs> Takes me away from my class into first class. Sits in, booze, food. Dude, the second train takes off. Everyone that works on the train comes in to pay their respects. They fucking do a shot, introduce themselves to the machine. The fucking conductor walked in. Stop. Josh, it. I swear to you on my family. Conductor walked in, ripped off the stars and stripes to his shirt, placed him in my lap, and said, This is a present for the machine. So it's you and the gangster. And people. Two new gangsters. Two new I don't know these guys. Two new Igors. Two new Igors. Bert and two new Igors. Yep. And they're coming to pay respect to you. They're coming in. Well, they're coming to pay the thing to the gangsters. Right. But. Everyone's heard about this American guy, the, the machine. machine. So everyone knows, and I'm now it's in my head. Now I'm like, fuck it, I'm in the mob. Like this is what I do. I fucking roll in deep. What's happening with the people in your class right they're, now? What do they think is happening with you? They're awestruck a tad bit, like a little bit. They're like, because they know that I've hung out with Igor this whole time, but they've also hung out with Igor. Yeah. Like not to not to take the wind out of the story, but like after like my fifth night of hanging out with Igor, and we've been with him now probably a month at this time. Yeah. Everyone's coming in. We're all hanging out with Igor, and we're all having a good time. Teacher two? Teacher two, definitely. Yeah. And so <laughs> she is definitely coming in. Okay, got it, and got so, it. And so, and there's another group of kids that are on the other end of the hall that are hanging out with the other teachers and the other, like, they're a little, like, little more uh, dialed in. Right. Like, the kids that are in ROTC are down there. But, like, the cool kids and all, like, the, not even really cool because no technically None of us were super cool in Russian class, but we're all hanging out with Igor. We're smoking cigarettes. We're laughing. Nobody is as tapped in as you because you are the machine. Oh, Igor and I are buddies. Like, okay. th- there's no questions asked. When I woke up every fucking morning, I went right to his room. Every morning, I went right to his room. I was like, "What are we doing today?" Like, I, me and him were buddies. He'd get me out of class. We'd go on tours to the museums, and he'd say, "Don't go. Machine stays with me." And I'd go just go and drink with him at a cafe on the side, and we just talk talk about anything. He wanted to know about drugs. Like he was like he was really he was really heartbroken when I told him I had done cocaine. Why? Because they couldn't get drugs over there. No, it was just it was looked down upon. It was like, why would you do that? Why would you do that to your body? Why would you do that to your family? You could become addicted. And I was like, it's not that bad, man. Like, <laughs> and, and, but, and like I couldn't switch him. I couldn't yeah. switch him. He was like, he was like, no, man, that's disgusting. I love that you were trying to switch him. No, no, yeah. really, actually, dude, it's it's pretty good. He uh, ne- he had <laughs> never seen black people. Like never seen black people. Right. Like the only black people they'd seen for, or, were from like straight up Africa. They'd gone to school there. He had a bunch of like his questions were pretty, um, was, like our conversations were just a lot of me asking about him. Right. Like the average age age was fifty five in Russia for a male, or fifty one I think. Life expectancy. You Life expectancy, said? yeah. And so, and he, I asked him about what it was like to be go from communism to where he was now and how he got involved in this. Yeah. And he said, you know, honestly, when I was raised, when I was uh, growing up and and developing. 
up until I was like 25 or whatever, 24, maybe even younger. I don't remember the exact age, but he was like, I didn't have to have a plan. I was, the state was going to take care of me. And then all of a sudden the state went away and now I got to fend for myself. He's like, so we get into this. He's like, this is how I, I don't know. I have a friend who does it. Yeah. He introduced me to people. Now I do it. And it's the same thing. The state's, this is what's taking care of me. It was really, you know, it was really, he like, I think without living with us, still live with his family. I, I'm almost certain. So it's not like his family was in the mob. No, he, it was no, no, just, no, no, no. It was no, just no, something no. that was one of those things where if I want to live and take care of myself, this is kind of what I have to do. I think it's one of those things that if you wanted a girlfriend 10 years ago, you just ended up getting a girlfriend because the state both take care of you, right. take care of you guys and your parents live near each other and you met her at a thing and you guys are falling in love and you hold hands. Now that now money is a factor and you see guys in big expensive cars and you see people with dreams that are go-getters really kind of taking off and succeeding and, and a guy like him was just lost in the system and he was like, I don't know, what do I do? What, other do I, what else do I do but just all my friends are doing this, I do this too. Right. And it was like, and it wasn't like, I mean, I, I can't. I, well, he was a really sweet guy. He really was like a That's sweet crazy, guy. Crazy, right? Yeah. So then we get on the train. We drink all the booze. Everyone comes in. We drink all the booze in an hour. Big Igor gets up. He says, "Machine, we go to the bar cart to get more vodka." I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" So we go to the bar cart. We within like two seconds of stepping in the bar cart. Were they impressed that you could drink with them? Yes. That That's was the, a big thing, right? It was the biggest thing. And by the way, I have to say this in all honesty: I was not a big drinker before that. I was like an. I literally. I literally was not a big drinker at all before that. Right. I never really drank much. Um, but when I was there, I realized, first of all, drinking made everyone have a good time. And I felt like I could connect a lot easier with people. Especially, I, wasn't, I didn't speak their language. So it was really uncomfortable. Right. And so, um, and these two Igors spoke very little English. Like, their English was much better than my Russian. Right. But Still so we, not great. Right. So we get in the bar cart, and he says to me, in Russian, he says, Marie, uh, machine, go behind the bar and grab bread. Kleb. And instantaneously, I understood him. And I was like, this is like that fucking threshold moment where you're like, fuck, I'm learning. I'm learning. I'm so proud because I've never learned this four years of this language. Four years of Russian. And now I'm like, I know what you said. I'm like, Cleb, Brad, I got so excited. I'm like, give me another one. And now I'm behind the bar like, give me another one. He's like, grab cheese. I was like, see him, cheese. Give me another one. He's like, grab vodka. I was like, I already know that one. Give me another one. He's like, grab the money. I'm like, what? And he goes, grab the fucking money. And I realized at that instant, we're robbing the bar cart, and I'm the one doing it, hooked on phonic style. Where are the people who work behind the bar cart? Uh, guy is standing. So the bar, like if, if say this is, the say the bar, that's the, the door of the bar cart. Yeah. And this is the bar cart. The bar's right here. Guy's up against the wall just like he is, just not looking at anyone, staring into the wall, knowing he's getting robbed. Knowing that that was about to knowing happen. This is, uh, knowing that this is what happens. The money now is gone from the bar. I will have to start from scratch. And yeah. How much did you get? Anything good? I have no idea. It was rubles. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking handful, whatever it's the thing. I, I literally like just. Was that your it. first uh, uh, jump into the dark world? We had stolen a boat before. Like In Russia. In Russia. Me and Igor and his buddies stole a boat um, for our class. And I knew that we did that. My class didn't know we did that, but I knew we did that. What, why did you steal it for the class? Because we were supposed. It was like a May Day. It was like the their big. Everyone goes out on the Kiev River, yeah. and we needed a boat, and everyone thought we needed a boat, and everyone. I like went to Igor's room in the morning, and all his friends were drinking and eating fish, and I was like, "Hey, you ready for the boat?" And he was like, "No boat." I was like, "What?" He goes, "No boat." I go, "What?" He goes, "I have no fucking boat. I have no idea what boat you want. The boat? I want the fucking boat. This fucking biggest day on river. I have no fucking boat." And I go, "My whole class thinks we have a boat trip planned." He goes, "I have no fucking boat." 
my teachers come in. They're like, are you ready for the boat? And Igor just stands up and goes, let's go. I was like, what are we going to do? He goes, get down there. I go, oh, boat's gone. What the fuck? I don't know. So we start walking down toward the river. We were like a block from the river. Start walking down to the river. And uh, one of his buddies comes off a side street. And he's like, Igor, I have boat. And Igor's like, we have boat? And I'm like, we got the boat. <laughs> we get down. There's the perfect boat waiting for us. Like, literally, it reminded me of the boat from the, um, do you remember the movie Sid and Nancy? Uh, yeah. When they all got on that boat yep. and they went out in the river. It reminded, it looked like that boat. Where'd they get the boat? Sitting right there waiting for us. We just roll up. Everyone gets on the boat. Loads all our stuff on the boat. We're like, yeah. <laughs> Doc Master comes down. He's like, uh, I need to see papers for boat. Igor's buddy lifts his shirt up, shows a gun, and he goes, here are your fucking papers. And the guy's like, okay, have it back yeah, by yeah. five. <laughs> so we went in and fucking sat, and these guys just sat. And I and my teachers, my teachers were well aware that I pulled outside my teacher, and yeah. the one that I knew, and I said, hey, someone's got a gun on this boat. I'm just giving you a heads up. And then she was like, what? I said, Igor's buddy that's on the boat has a gun. I'm just giving you a heads up. She was like, wait, hold on. And I was like, I don't fucking t telling when I told yeah. you. And she was like, okay. And so then we went down inside the boat with Igor and his buddies. And they were like, just drink with him. You drink with him, make him laugh, hang out. And we'll all hang out. And I remember the guy put his gun on the table. He like pulled it out because it was in his waistband. Yeah. Put it on the table. And Igor was like, put that in your fucking pants. Like in Russian, put that in your fucking pants. And the guy kept yelling something about, what are they, fucking children? What are they, fucking children? And he was getting drunk. And I was like, this is how someone gets fucking shot. Yeah. And but we we did the whole tour. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful day. Got off. Everyone got off the boat. No one knew any wiser. And did you never get in trouble for robbing a bank? Hold on. For robbing a train? It gets worse. Okay. So we go back to our first class cabin after we robbed the bar cart. Go back within five minutes. The head chaperone of this train trip, who just did not speak Russian, just spoke English. She was an English teacher. Uh, she fucking comes in and loses her shit. Swings the first class cabin door open. It's you and the two Igors. Me and the two Igors. Okay. And she rolls in like it's her classroom. This is fucking, you get up right now. I am done. No, I, no, I'm talking to him. No. And Igor, right now she's talking to you. And pointing to Igor, Igor, I'm, ta I'm talking to him. You stand up, stand up. And big Igor looks at me, confused, looks at her, takes a big sip of vodka, spits it in her eyes and goes, no, no one talks to the machine like that. Shuts the door in her face and he goes, fuck that bitch. This is Russia. Wait, she worked at your school. And he spit vodka in her eyes, shut the door in her face, and he goes, fuck that bitch, this is Russia. Oh, Don't worry, machine, God. when it gets dark, we have good time. I'm like, what are we doing? It's dark. <laughs> Reaches in his pocket, pulls out a ring of keys, and he goes, we're rubbing the whole train. Fuck you. So, sunsets. I was like, all right, let's start with my class. Rob them first. Rob my whole class. Wait, where are they? Asleep. Just a cabin, a, tra a train cart behind us. I was sound asleep. We just went through, robbed them. Robbed the whole train, robbed the entire train. Came back, drank all night long. Who, did, by the way, do you get a cut out of this? Uh, uh, if it's any consolation, if it's any consolation to anybody listening, uh, we robbed me too because <laughs> my bags were with them. And I mean, did you rob yourself? Yeah, we robbed out of my bag. We stole my camera, my the pocket knife my dad gave me. And when you were like, <laughs> did you tell him this is my bag? I, I was, I was, dude, I was so out of control. I was like, please I'm just robbing I myself. Literally, I literally was like, I just don't want anyone to get hurt. I didn't want them to hurt anyone in my class. I didn't want to get hurt. I was just like, listen, if all we're doing is robbing people, that's fine. But like, there were girls in my class, and these guys are drunk, and I'm just thinking. God forbid one of them just decides to have their way with, and I was like, "Are oh, you here. robbed yourself?" I robbed myself, <laughs> dude. They, st I, I, I can't, I can't tell you how upset I was. They stole the pocket knife my dad gave me before the trip and said, "Buddy, I want you to have this." They stole it. They stole it, and I went, oh, 
Did you did you tell him you're like, you don't want that knife? Oh, I was like, this guy's cool. Put it back. <laughs> and then we went drank. We drank until six in the morning. The whole night we drank. How much shit did they get? Just like they would And did nobody on the train go, I bet you the two Igors had something to do with this? Uh someone woke up in the middle of us robbing my class and they spit vodka in their face. Um Somebody from your class? Someone from my class woke up in the middle of the night as we were, they were robbing them and they spit vodka in their face and then everyone kind of got up and like got crazy everyone went back to bed i mean it was, it was a full night train trip we drank until six in the morning we robbed until ultimately six in the morning oh my yeah God. and then pulled into moscow pissed drunk here's where it, it gets worse pull into moscow sun's up door open, train stops door open same teacher they got the vodka spinner face looking at me in the face going uh smiling saying uh just want i want to be the one to tell you they've alerted the police i look out two cops are taking a statement from my whole class who's they're all in their, they're really upset. They're in their pajamas. I get it. Mm-hmm. They've been robbed, but like, they're, but they're alive. Apparently, they've never heard stitches get stitches. <laughs> they're alive. Everyone's alive. Yeah, everyone's, yeah, yeah. Everyone's safe. No one's been hurt. Thanks to you. That's the way I'm thinking. But yep. now I'm looking at two cops taking a statement, going, "Wait, like, and but I know I get it. Granted, I did rob everyone too, but <laughs> Igor is like, "Don't worry, I fuck police and mouth for the both of us." Walks out, <laughs> grabs the cop, and starts yelling at him like. Fuck you, we like we take you like a pig, we and I'm like stop with the fucking we shit. Now the cop is staring at me and he barks out from across the platform, which I don't know what I just said, but right. whatever he said, it didn't sound like didn't sound great. You're okay, stay yeah. there. <laughs> it is a come to Jesus moment. Where you look like, great in those pants. Yeah, yeah. Nice, <laughs> nice fanny pack, Captain. <laughs> he yells it. I walk off the train to the cop who's standing in front of the class I just robbed next to the gangster I robbed him with. The class knows you robbed them. A hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. One hundred percent. And they're still friends with you. Uh, as I walked to the cop, it, the looks on their faces were like, I don't, we don't, I don't even know who you are. Like literally just disgusted at me. Right. But I remember this guy DJ was empathetic because he knew shit. I was, I had really screwed up. There was a few people But that there was were like, no way you could get out of that. Oh, in my head, all I thought, it is a come to Jesus moment. Like today, I, I told you I had something removed from my head. Yeah. And the lady said, it's, it, I'm a, uh, that worries me. Those are those moments where you're like, whew, that just got my stomach gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and she's like, it might be cancer. Like we need to take it out and do a biopsy. And you're like, fuck, man. Oh, shit, fuck. Like this is how that goes. Yeah. This is how life st- happens. Sometimes you mess up and sometimes you can't fix it. And I remember walking to the cop and all I thought was, all I thought, honestly, my only thought was, I screwed up, man. I really screwed up. This isn't how I planned on spending my second junior year in the gulag. Second sophomore and second junior. Oh, I had two sophomores, two juniors, two seniors. <laughs> one freshman. Yeah. Yeah. You, only can, you only can have one freshman year. <laughs> I get five steps from the cop yeah. who looks impatient. Yeah. Uh, he takes like two big ass steps, cuts the difference. Grabs me tight as fuck by the arm, spins me away from my class, away from Igor, pulls me right up to his face, and he goes, So, I understand you're the machine. No! <laughs> Swear to God! I go, Yes? He goes, Tonight you party with us. I was like, What? He goes, Tonight you party with us. I pick you up at your place. I know where you stay. And I was like, Oh my. Get the fuck out of I here! I look at him. I look at him dumbfounded. I'm looking at my class who have half heard what he said yeah. and are like, uh. <laughs> I look at him and I go, I'm not in trouble. And he gets real close to my face so I can smell his morning cigarette. And he goes, no. Fuck that bitch. This is the Russia. <laughs> Get on a bus with my class toward the Kremlin. I Wait. D- I, 
But the class doesn't have any money or anything. How? No one's got anything. <laughs> you got a couple dollars, don't you? No, they, people, they didn't kick you down or anything. People had people had travelers checks, and a lot of people had the the neck or the fanny pack. Yeah. where they kept it on them at all times. So everyone has their passports. We didn't steal anyone's passports. Well, a lot of the stuff we took were like, not to be like, not to be like, you guys shouldn't be mad, but it right. was like it was like cameras and like. And like trinkets, like not like it was a lot of it was just cameras. Right. Uh, we stole my camera. I know that. Uh, and this is the first and last time you've ever stolen from yourself. I mean, not a lot of people get to steal from themselves, Bert. You realize that? Yeah, like, yeah. That, I think that's, that's the, like. I mean, I can honestly say I've stolen shit. Yeah. I've never stolen from myself before. That's not easy to do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's, be- that's that might be the only time I stole. You want? Okay. You wait. Wait. By the way, and I never get to talk to this story like this. So. This is the most fascinating part of this whole story, in my opinion. All right. So I go back, full disclosure, and I only say that because I don't know what I've told because I didn't have an end of the story. Sometimes I would make it sound like we partied with the cops that night. We yeah. didn't. I was terrified. I was literally terrified after Oh, that. they didn't come get you? That night. They ended up coming down to St. Petersburg because they got upset that I didn't party with them, and I partied with them in St. Petersburg with my Igor. So, um, but they, uh, I, I don't go out with the cops that night. I was also very, very hungover. Uh, my class is really upset at me. Like people, someone came into my classroom and they're like, you know, you might have to go home. This, you know, it was really inappropriate what you did. Inappropriate. Yeah, I know. That might be the biggest understatement. You know what's inappropriate? Like if you fart in church, it's inappropriate. Well, the if reason, you rob yeah. your class blind. <laughs> well, the reason, one of the reasons they were like on a in a quagmire was like they had hired the mafia, so the the school. Had hired these guys to hang out with us to be a part of us, and and it had kind of, I mean, it not worst case scenario, but it, it was a bad scenario. So then everyone's back and forth. Our head of the program at the time wasn't he was at, he used to uh, translate for the UN, mm-hmm. and he was off translating for the UN at the time or doing something with them. They call Igor in St. Petersburg, and Igor says, uh, "What, what's the problem?" And they're like, "Well, Bert is in a lot of trouble." He robbed us, and he's like, "No, he didn't. Bert saved your lives." He's like, you, I, "I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear a fucking word." And let me tell you something. And this is what he tells the teachers: "You better have Bert drink with him on the ride home, or shit could get bad." So these teachers who hate, who were mad at me, come into my room in Moscow before we're taking the train trip home. They're like, "Listen, we have the two same gangsters on our tra- train trip home. You need to party with them again." <laughs> and, I, and by the way, I had no intention of doing right. that. And I was like, "You fucking serious?" And they're like. From what we've understand from everyone involved in this scenario, uh, nothing happened. I mean, we lost some cameras yeah. and some knickknacks, like a fanny pack or two. Nothing really happened. Like, no one got killed. Worst case scenario never happened. Yeah. They're like, we just lost some stuff, which is kind of like paying taxes. So if you could drink with them again, that would be great. And I was like, I, was like, okay. I, was, I didn't want to, but I did. And my teacher, the girl, came in and partied with us. She partied with us the whole time, too, because she was translating. And, like, other people from my class came in, and it turned into a party, and it was not as bad. I definitely I definitely tapped out earlier. I didn't drink with them all right. that long. But they took off the train, gone. Like, just gone. Like, they were like, fuck this, and just, we're going to go fuck somebody. And they just left. Dude, that is the craziest fucking story. It's the, I... it's the craziest story that's ever happened to me in my life. Easily. No questions asked. But it's amazing. It's absolutely. I... All right. It's amazing for a lot of different reasons. One, that for whatever reason, you saying I'm the machine, yeah. that one fucking sentence 
set you off on a path you there's no way you could have possibly oh. imagined. What do you think it was about you? Because usually those type of dudes are not an arms wide open guy. What do you think it was about that that they were like, "This guy's fucking fun." I think the I think that there's a um the, one of the things. This sounds really stupid. One of the things that really, um, one of the things that really connected me with those guys that night is they all played the guitar and I played the guitar. Right. So we ended up playing the guitar a little bit, and then we were like, it's not like we spoke through music, but like they they taught me this old Russian song, and I picked it up really quick, and then I would play it, and they'd all sing it. And like it was like that was one no, thing that do definitely it. that'll do it. connected us. Another is, I'm a big laugher, so like I love, I've always loved laughing, and I and I, it's one of the things that people yeah, and I and I just was like I'd be like eyes wide open like looking at them like, and then when they'd say something they start laughing I start laughing, and then they'd be like I'm sure they were saying what the fuck's he laughing yeah. at? Yeah, and I'm like I don't know I'm a machine, <laughs> and then and then. <laughs> Then, like, probably two nights after that, I brought in my buddy John Bolshoi, who spoke better Russian. And he was a big Italian-looking guy who from, like, New York or West Palm. But, like, that kind of energy looked like a Brett Ernst, like, yeah. big, like, but big, large. And he spoke really good Russian. And he translated, and he would, like, go and – and they loved him because he was big. They called him John Bolshoi, which means Big John. And then and then we started bringing the classes in, and it turned into a party, and I just became – I don't know, man. I, I like, you know what's funny is. Oh, he, I remember. You know, one of the things I did that first night that they thought was freaking hilarious, and they kept yelling over and over in English. Huh. Uh, in my fanny pack, I had a pocket knife, sugar, and lemons because I wanted to do. I didn't know how to drink vodka, so I wanted to do lemon drops. Oh, and no. when I pulled out the vodka, I took a lemon and I went, "No, no, no, no! Watch, just smatrit." I think is how you say it. Yeah. And I cut open a lemon, and then I put sugar on it. And I showed him. I took a shot, and I went like this, and they lost it. And one guy goes. The machine runs on lemons. <laughs> so, I mean, you killed with a lemon drop, dude. They were, they were. Uh, we had some good times. Let me tell you something. One of the things, what you, and you mentioned your laugh, dude. And people say this to me all the time. Sometimes people say, you know, we love watching when I'm on stage because you laugh on stage. Yeah. And 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 people are like, is that a fake laugh? I'm like, no, I'm. I don't think you understand when I'm on stage performing, I'm having such a good time. Yeah. I'm I'm genuinely having Oh, I'm in the moment. Yes. I'm I, genuinely I, having a fucking good time. And I know you're a lot like me, but like the a lot of times I'll tag a joke in the moment. Yes. And I'll be so shocked I said it that I'll laugh too. Yep. Like I said the joke I tagged this week was I was talking about Santa and I said my daughter my oldest daughter's 11 and still believes in Santa Claus. I go, that's kind of old. I'm thinking about introducing her to Christianity. <laughs> and, and I just kind of giggle out of that. Like, yeah. like I was like, ah. And then everyone's like, and then I said, every time I said it, I'd laugh even harder because I was like, doesn't, like, it didn't totally make sense, but it made me <laughs> laugh. But like, yeah, I, I, I think I'm a laugher. I'm a big laugher. Me too. And there are people that hate my laugh. There are people that go online and go, hey, man, your laugh drives me nuts. Well, then. I don't know what to say to you. I like. I it, hear it every week. By the way, every every week there'll be some comment. You're laughing. Stop laughing. Why are you laughing? I'm like because I'm I'm genuinely look having a good time. I'm not digging ditches. Thank God. Yeah. This is my fucking job. How lucky are we? So I'm enjoying myself. I, I want to tell you, man. The the craziest, and I don't know if I've ever told this story on this show. The craziest thing that I've ever seen. I was at a zoo with my buddy in San Antonio. It was probably 6 o'clock. It was in San Antonio, Texas. And San Antonio, Texas is fucking hot in the summer. I was just in San Antonio. It's 
fucking hot. And I like to tell people, like, how's that zoo? I'm like, it's the world's largest collection of sleeping animals because it's fucking hot, okay? So we're walking around. It's like 6 o'clock. It's near closing time. um, And uh, there's nobody there. And my buddy, who is now a heart surgeon, by the way, (laughs) he's this little, like, 5'7 kid. He played running back in the football team, super fast, but he was wearing this tight Wrangler jeans in Texas and his cowboy boots, and he looks into the pen of this rhino. And I was like, look at that fucking thing. I go, look at the sign. I go, its name is Lord. He goes, yeah, but they're just like cows. And I go, what? And he goes, rhinos are just like cows. They're scared of people. I go, "Mm mm-mm. I said, no, no, no. That can't be true. I go, <laughs> I go. first of all, even if I didn't know anything about rhinos, I would just assume that whoever made them didn't put a fucking spear on their head because they're scared of people. Do you know what I mean? I think evolution made that because they, they like to gore. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would be Shark's a- teeth in the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the right. If it was that, they would be like a big button, and you'd press yeah. it, and it would go. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he goes. That would I, be a plume of yeah. feathers. <laughs> so I go. There's no way you're serious. He goes. Yeah. He goes. I'm gonna. T- it was. A Lord was at the end of the rhino pen behind a little fence. At the end of the fence, there was a little hole where you could get in and out. And I said, twenty bucks, you don't jump in that pen. And he goes, deal. And as he's going over the wall, he goes, twenty more bucks says i can't touch it on the ass and i said deal shut the fuck up dude jumps into the rhino pen now as soon as his feet hit the ground i'm like oh he's dead oh yeah oh he's dead yeah like there's no fucking way he's escaping this i can't believe you know one of those guys who's now i can think who's now a heart surgeon yeah okay by the way, this is a guy who one time told me, I want to be a heart surgeon. I go, what if, if that doesn't work out, what do you want to be? And he slams a shot at Jack Daniels, takes off his hat, and starts jumping from couch to couch in this bar going, I want to be a rodeo clown. Jesus. <laughs> he's, he's saving people right now. Yeah. Okay. He jumps in the pen. He's wearing cowboy boots. He's slipping on rhino shit. He keeps turning back to me and laughing. And I'm like, he's getting closer and closer to this fucking rhino. He got to within probably 15 or 20 feet of the fence where the rhino is. And I'm like, he's going to touch it on the ass. When the rhino just turns and and lets out this noise. Oh. Dude, I have never heard a noise like that. Like that really guttural, like wild animal. Oh, fucking kill you noise. Dude, their lungs are the size of a Volkswagen. It made that like a, like I was like, oh no. And so he turned my first laugh, and you know us, we're sick fucks. Yeah. He could have died, but the look on his face (laughs) sent me into hysterics. Yeah. I have never seen a look of, oh, I got this wrong combined with fear. Like, (laughs) no, 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 you're right. Like, (laughs) so he turns and he looks at me and he starts to haul ass, right? And he's wearing cowboy boots. It's not like they are great for running. And he's straight. The, the rhino turns, and they're pretty fast straight ahead. Yeah. And oh, really fast. I I want I just went on a safari with my kids in, in San Diego, and they're like, they can get up to 30 miles an hour. That's fucking fast. Yeah. It's like a 30-mile-an-hour bus, right? Oh, yeah. So this thing is gaining on him, and he's running, 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 and, I, and he runs, and he puts his one foot on the wall, and the other one, he tries to climb up, and he puts his arm up, and I grab his arm, and I pull him up. Now, I don't know if you know about rhinos. They don't exactly stop on a dime. Oh, my God. The rhino runs into the wall. Dazed. That's how close he was to fucking dying. He's laying on the ground, speechless. I'm laying on the ground. I'm laughing my 
ass off to yeah. me. I can't believe what I just saw. And he gets up and we're walking to the exit and he hasn't said a thing for like five minutes. And he looks at me and he goes, hippo, not rhino, hippo. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, and that, wrong that, again. That, that's wrong I'm again. <laughs> I said, no, dude, no. Hippo, not rhino, <laughs> hippo. Fuck. I told him the same thing. I go, no, no, not hippo either. <laughs> hippo will fucking kill you too. <gasps> By the way, um, 323-282-7424, 323-282-7424, if you have any questions for Bert, I have some questions for you that I'm shoot. fascinated by. Because I know who you are. I know your persona on stage. You yeah. do a lot of your show shirtless. Yeah. Any of that stuff, do you run by your wife? Do you go, hey, I'm going to do some stupid shit? No. But she's cool with, she gets the game. She gets it. She gets it. Has there ever been anything where she's been like, that's not That's not okay? Yeah. I used to have this joke about anal sex. Mm-hmm. And it was about that accruing debt. I said, when I first asked her, and I did, when I first started dating her, I said, can we have anal sex? She's like, why? I was like, I don't know. She's like, well, I'm not going to do it if you don't have a reason. Like, if uh, you tell, give me a valid reason. Right. We'll, we'll talk about it. But if you just want to do it to do it, like to get to the moon first, no. I don't want to do it, and if you don't want it, like, if you're just doing it to do it, no. And then the joke was, and then I found out when you get married, you accrue their debt. And I told her, I said, I, for 25 grand, I kind of want to fuck you in the ass. <laughs> she hated that joke. She hated it. She was like, that. It, it's disgusting. You seem mean. I don't like it. It's just as gross. Don't ever tell it. That's Out of all the things that you've yeah. done, that's yeah. the one thing. You know what my wife doesn't like? What? She doesn't care about any of the jokes, and it, she doesn't like the voice I give her. Oh, really? She doesn't like my voice. Now, I told her, I go, look, I can't give you, I give her like a, uh, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> one of those. Oh, my yeah. God. Like, it's, oh, my God, Josh, don't do that. I don't know, whatever that is. Because it has to be so different from mine, and it adds to funny. Yeah. That's the one thing. That's it? Doesn't matter what is coming out of my mouth, but she's like, you better change that fuck you. That is not how I sound. Oh, my like, wife My wife just brought 30 people from our school to my show in Irvine oh Saturday. God. Yeah. And I told the story about when she farted during oral sex. Uh, and my wife's <laughs> fucking like, it happened, fuck it. <laughs> she, once you, once Which you met, one? She was going down on no, you? No, she farted during, she, I took one on the chin. Just, oh. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, you know, you didn't know you had one in the chamber? How far into marriage were you on that? Uh, Probably Two years, three years, too too far in to bail out. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I go. The joke is, I call. You know what they call that? Commitment. <laughs> when you take one on the chin for the team Can and I don't mention you? it. My grandfather said to me once. You know, he said a few things to me that unwittingly he had no idea it was to scare me. But he he I, he said to me once we were maybe like nine or ten, and I was saying things like, you know, I can't wait to they do this when I'm older. I can't wait to do this when I'm older. He goes, you know, it's terrible about getting older. I go, what? He goes, sometimes when I lay on my back. I fart on my nuts. <laughs> and I'm like 10, like, what? <laughs> now I understand, because if you're um, laying on your back, it kind of, it can sag. Oh, yeah, and, oh. yeah right? Dude, I have, I've had to take my nuts out of the front of my boxers and sleep with them out there presentable, because if they're, if my nuts are just in a pair, like naked, they'll be literally just sp- sprawled around the bed. I need to like globalize them. You take them out of your boxers? I, t- I keep my box, I'll have to, no, I like to sleep naked, but if my nuts are driving me not not like my nuts are driving me nuts, but if my nuts are like if it's like a warm night and they're just, do you ever have them like where they're sticky and like bat wingy and they're all over? Yeah, place? yeah, yeah. That's Sometimes good. I'll put on boxers and then pull my nuts through the hole of the boxers, and leave them out and sleep with them out, and air them out, and even leave them out so they're away from my body. 
They're like out presented. That's the craziest thing I think I've ever heard. Why, like, don't you roll on them? No, I sleep on my back or on my side. I don't sleep on my. I can't sleep on my stomach. I'm fucking 245 pounds. You dropped 13 pounds though. You dropped 13 pounds. How do you my, feel about that? Oh, uh, good. What do you want to get down to? Uh, just comfortable. Like I like I don't really care about like I would like to get my I, I want my blood pressure to be no medication normal. Right. Like 220 would be cool. 215 and I'd be like. Uh, fucking amazed yeah. I'd be like I'd be really excited at 215 200 I think I might be too skinny like I, I know that's not right but like 200 would be cool also but like 215 if I can maintain 215 float around 210 to 215 I'd be really happy with that well, how, when did you last see 215 oh Jesus uh, my 40th birthday is the last time you saw 215 yeah I was 215 on my 40th birthday and what's happened since then uh, I've been on the road literally Non-stop. Your job is fucking amazing, dude. It's amazing. Will you tell people exactly what I, it is? I work for Travel Channel. I take, I, I have a, a couple shows, but I basically work for Travel Channel, and I vacation for a living. One of them, I take people on adventures of a lifetime. I take two people, find them on the street, and take them around the world to do the greatest things, the bucket list things. For five days, we just do three bucket list adventures. These are people who don't know what's going to happen. They don't haven't signed up for it. You just walk up to them. Walk up to them on the street. How they, do you pick them? Uh, usually I, uh, honestly, yeah. just if the girl's attractive, because <laughs> like, I mean, like, you know, yeah, like I usually yeah. figure if the girl's attractive, the guy's got a good personality, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and if the, and like, and you try to talk to them a little bit, but for the most part, you can't get much out of someone within, in like a seven minute conversation. So, I mean, I've taken people that you would say are not attractive, but it's cause they're cool. But like you try to find someone cool, but usually in my book, if the guy looks regular and the girl's attractive, you got a cool couple that right. you can hang out with. And so, where do you go? L.A. Everywhere. Uh, no, no. I oh, mean, like oh. when you find the people. Uh, everywhere. We did a. We did this last year. We did wherever we were shooting in. Then that's where we would look for the people. Except when we went abroad. So then we'd go to like Pittsburgh and look for people in Pittsburgh for a day, or L.A., Denver, uh, uh, San Antonio by the Riverwalk. Like anywhere where people there's foot traffic. Like right. New Mexico, we went to uh, Santa Fe. I think. No, what's the one? Not Arizona. Flagstaff. We went to Flagstaff, yeah. Arizona. And uh, well, your kids, how many kids you got? Two. And they understand who you are on stage and all that stuff? Not no? really. They No, I don't think so. They understand that I'm on TV. Like, they get that I'm on TV. They're how not, old are they? 11 and 9. The 11-year-old isn't, hasn't YouTubed you? They have. Uh, that, I, because anyone who's YouTubed you. I, I sell a shirt. You can go to my website, burtburtburt.com. I sell a shirt that's my face in Russian propaganda art, and it says, I am the machine in Russian. And I, the girls sleep in it almost every night. Wear it to school sometimes. Have you they, told them the story? One night, I'm putting them to bed, and Georgie goes, "Daddy, who is the machine?" And I was like, "They don't. I mean, they. I've never. They, it says I'm the machine in Russian. They, right. I've never called myself the machine around the house." I go, "What do you mean?" That would be amazing if you yeah. did. Uh, yeah. She goes, Who's the, yeah. I'm the fucking machine. <laughs> Watch your mouth. Yeah. It's like shaft. <laughs> And so, and so uh, they, I think I, they were like, and I was like, oh, oh, that's a nickname for me. That's like a nickname I gave myself a long time ago. Right. And then Georgia just real flatly, this is before they had bunk beds so I could like see them out of eye. Georgia real flatly goes, did you rob a train? And I was like, what? She goes, I heard, and like she gets defensive. I heard you robbed a train, but bad guys made you do it. That's what I heard. And I was like, wait, where did you hear this? She was like, some of the kids at school said that you robbed a train one time. And I was like, no, Georgia, daddy would never rob a train. And I'm like, fuck. So I was like, all right, let me tell you the story. 
So I tell them the story, and then you told them the story you just told me. Oh, uh, watered down a tad right, bit, right, right. but like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ultimately, and you know, I told them the whole story, and they were like, I remember when I got to the part where I was like, so I walk up to the cop, and the, Isla, Isla, I love her to death, but is not the brightest kid in the world. She goes, my youngest. She goes, do you get away? And I'm like, Isla, you're fucking here. Like, I'm sitting here with you. Yes, I get away. Like she was like, don't tell anymore. Do you get away? I need to know first. Do you get away? Uh, By the way, my youngest son uh, was my buddy, right? My, yeah. you know, I'm, you know, he and I have been together. I custody him when he was six months old, so he and I have been together forever yeah. and ever. Also, not the brightest, um, yeah. but like. He does stuff like, and he used to. He doesn't do it as much anymore. Where we would sit at a table with me and my wife and like my daughter and and um, Jakey, and we'd all be laughing at something. And he loves to laugh, and he'd be like, "What are you guys laughing at?" And we were like, "Didn't you hear the story?" Yeah, but I don't get it. And he would just keep laughing as long as everybody yeah. else was laughing. I'm like. He just wants to have a good time. That's it. <laughs> I find that people who aren't as smart, their expectations are so much lower. Oh, yeah. It's really not terrible because they seem to be happy oh, a Isla, lot. Isla is a, Isla is a, this kid is so, I mean, right now, my, what I'm working on on stage is all about her. She's just the most interesting fucking kid in the world. But like, she's funny, man. She's just, how Naturally. do you, how do you, and I have actually, because you know my, and that's yours if you want it, my, um, you know, my kids are older, so my material has, has, it, I think it's doing the opposite direction as yours. Mine is slowly getting out of kids yeah. and just getting into more me and my wife and whatever the fuck is happening in my life. But how do you explain to your kids, have they seen jokes about themselves? They asked one time, I was like, hey dad, um, tell us a joke. And I was like, oh, I, I, daddy doesn't have, like, jokes for little kids. Right. And Isla's, and Isla's, Isla's a little bit of, like, a, like, one of those uh, just meat and potatoes people. The way she sees the world's cut and dry. So she just looks at me. She goes, wait, hold on. You talk about us, right? I go, yeah. She goes, what do you talk about? What do you say about us? I said, I tell, like, stories about you guys. She's like, stories that we did. I go, yeah. And she goes, so if we did the story, why can't you tell us what we did? And I was like, mm, oh, that shit. is a fucking great question. And then I'm like, all right. And so I told him a story about the time Isla put her finger in her ass and put it in the dog's mouth. And fucking they're on the floor. Oh, and they're like, are you kidding God. me? And uh, and how old was she? It's probably two or three. And oh. they, Isla's naked, just shoves her finger in her ass, puts it in the dog's mouth. And they're laughing hysterically. <laughs> I'm like, we're so funny. And they're like, the dog doesn't know it's poop, dad. We've been doing it all morning. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck it, do it again. And then they do it, the dog comes right back, like, what's on the finger? So an hour later when my wife woke up, I'm like, you gotta see Baby Adam's new trick. She's like, what is it? And I was like, no, don't worry, you gotta see it. She, I show her, she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm like, give it an hour, it gets yeah. funnier. <laughs> By the way, I just got 15 minutes of new material, you like this house? Oh, I tell second. My, I tell my kids that all the time. Yeah. You know the stories they don't like? What? The ones that are 100% true. Oh, really? You know, most of our stories, obviously, they start in truth, but yeah. you need to add punchlines and, and all that shit. The ones that are 100% true, for whatever reason, they don't like. Really? Because in their brains, they can somehow go, well, that's not really me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a story that is 100% true about my son, about him, me finding dick pics that he sent out. <laughs> okay? 
Oh my God, that is the that is the new generation of getting caught masturbating. Almost. It's Do like, you know why I found him? Why? Because he on the at the cloud, everything goes to my iPad. Oh my God, Bert. I was scrolling through my iPad, right? And I'm looking for pictures in the road that I want to post. And I stopped on a picture, and a sentence came out of my mouth that, as as a man, you never want to say. I was looking at the picture, and I go, well, that's not my dick. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, like, honey. Yeah, well, the first thing I thought was, somebody's sending dick pics to my wife, but I've got that one beat, so, yeah. keep, so keep sending them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I, is, if I'm bigger. Shut up. Up. Right, but then you know what I saw behind the dick was an IKEA desk I had just built, and I was like, "Oh, I know where that desk is, and I'm pretty sure I know where that dick is too." God damn! What did he say? What did he say? It was one of the best conversations I've ever had because when I walk down there, I go to him, I go, "Hey, man," I go, "Hey, can you explain to me how the cloud works?" And he goes, oh, "You're so stupid." I go, "We'll see." <laughs> can you explain to me how the cloud works? I go, I go, we'll, I go, we'll see, and he goes. I go, just take it step by step like I'm the stupidest person in the world. He goes, you clearly are. And I go, okay. And he goes, Dad, if you take a picture on your phone, it goes to the, your iPad. I go, what else? He goes, oh, if Mom takes a picture on her phone, it goes to the iPad. I go, what else? He goes, if I take a picture. And he just stopped. <laughs> he just stopped and he stared at me for like 10 seconds. And he goes, you mind if I see that iPad? And I go, no, not yet. And we just stared at each other for probably 15 seconds which is a long time yeah and then he goes to me so how's your day going (laughs) (laughs) and i was like it's actually going really well (laughs) so great but here's the thing like you know all that shit that you don't have to worry about right now yeah you know my daughter thought she was in love is somebody still calling i'm sorry i keep ignoring call back whoever that was call back and i'll pick up uh, three two three two eight two seven four two four. I keep ignoring it because I'm enjoying what you're saying. Um, my my daughter, you know, I caught her talking to this dude online who she was sure that she loved, mm-hmm. in love with. How old your daughter? She was 15 at the time. Fuck. Okay. Oh my god, I love him. Oh my god, I love him. And I go, how can you say that you don't know him? I talk to him every day online. We're best friends. Oh my god, right? And I was like, babe, how do you know you're not just talking to some dude I went to college with? And she goes, he sent me this picture. So she printed out the picture that he sent of her, of himself. Yeah. And it was a photoshopped picture of Johnny Depp from 21 Jump Street. Oh my god. Now she doesn't know that Johnny Depp. Do you know what I mean? That's way out of her. Yeah. So she goes, "Isn't he cute?" I go, "Oh, he's beautiful." Oh yeah. Yeah, I go, "He might be the most beautiful man in the world." If you like him now, you're going to love his later work. <laughs> yeah, it's like, "Wait, do you say I'll photoshop?" And she goes, "Um, he lives in Missouri. I go, no, he does not. That guy does not live in Missouri. He lives in San Bernardino <laughs> in his mom's basement. But she said, yeah, I see you're going to Poplar. I've never told you the story. Uh-uh. I see you're going to Poplar Bluff, which was in Missouri. He lives right near there. Can, will you take me so I can meet him and I can get my first kiss? Whoa. What a, okay, so it was a crazy situation, right? Yeah. Part of me's like, no, there's no fucking way. Yeah. But my other part, which I brought to my wife, I go, this is my chance to show her because he's clearly, Johnny Depp is clearly not walking up. Yeah. So whoever she's expecting isn't going to be the most handsome man in the world. This is a chance to let reality smack her in the face, but you you can stop the hand right before it hits her and go, it's okay, I'm here for you. Yes. This is my chance to go, the internet is not real. Yeah. This is not real. And my wife said, that is true. But what happens if you show up and you've told her all along, it's not real. 
and it's still because she's been saying it's her soulmate and baby it doesn't look like Johnny Depp but it's close enough and she still loves him your credibility from here on out is zero no matter what you say I know better than you she's gonna say oh yeah I remember when we went to Missouri and I met the love of my life and um, I said I'm willing to take the risk I'm willing to take that 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 whoever sent the picture of Johnny Depp is not gonna be her soulmate and on top of that you know what was really kind of sweet to me was she was okay with me taking her to get her first kiss. It was that balance of, as a father, what an amazing trip to be invited on. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. You're, I, I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I mean, you know, one of my friends was like, you're whoring her out, dude. You're, you're taking her for some dick. I'm like, not dick, no. lip. One yeah. kiss. It's not like you're going to go, hey, guys. I got an extra room for you too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you want to show her your your Jack Sparrow, do you know what I mean? Like, it's, that's that's not that's not it. I, yeah. I, I I and so it was an amazing trip, dude. The story is long, long, long. It ends with me winning, um, but it was like an an it, the best father daughter bonding trip I've ever I could ever imagine. Yeah, it, it, I want to I want to take I want to take my girls separately somewhere. Awesome, like like take Georgia somewhere where it's like almost like I heard this great story about Gwyneth Paltrow's dad taking her to Paris for the first time mm-hmm. and saying like I, I want you to love Paris and I want you to love it with a guy who is going to really show you how you should see the city and like how a trip with a man should be, you know like and so I, I think that's how he said what he said. So he took her there and like t- like they went and did like cool stuff. She's like fifteen. They went to dinner every night. He let her have wine. Mm-hmm. They walked around. They fingered her. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I keep thinking her dad's Donald Sutherland. It's no, not, no, no, no. Her dad. What's her dad's Bruce name? Bruce Dern. Bruce. Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I think, yeah, I would like to do something cool with the girls. Uh, let me tell you something that I found. You know, I and I with all three of the kids, and I suggest that parents do this. I know that everyone's like family vacations. I agree, family vacation. But I also think it's so important for each parent to take a trip. Alone with each kid. Yeah, it's such a it's look. It's such a bonding experience that you don't get on the family trip where it's hectic and you got to find out and sit down and everyone. And there's a lot of yeah. screaming and like, but when it's one on one, I'm telling you, dude, the trip is. And I've done it with all of them. It's amazing. And you never, you never, because everybody else is at home doing home stuff, and it's just the two of you. Whatever you want to do today is what we're gonna do. Your entire attention is on that child. They never forget it. Never I, forget it. I wanted. I do that with my girls. Each of them have been a PA on one of my TV shows yeah. for like a day, and they they both have been like amazing. Right. It was really cool because they got to wear a walkie-talkie and like you could hear them like they just disappear and start singing and walking around. But it was like they were they both really appreciated it. And then you know you get they get in the car service to go to the, and like they're just like blown away like. Do you have any idea what you want for them? No. I, I mean, I didn't even, never even thought of that. Uh, it took me a little bit. It took me a little bit. It took me a little bit. You know, and I... Uh, like, what do you mean? Like, 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 do I want college? Like, I, I mean, I want... I think Georgia would enjoy college. I think Isla, college is a waste on her. I think she should get in a band or something. She's just very creative, and she's not... I mean, like, I think college... She'll probably end up going to college, probably end up having fun, but I don't think she'll use her degree in any way. That's what I did, too. Yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I had fun in college, and I ended up... Ended up years. working out for me, right? But I probably would have been better served to just get right into stand up, you know. I don't know about or that, or maybe man. not. I don't know like, about I, that. I used to say this about the comedy store. I was saying this to Rogan. I was like, I was like, yeah, 
if I had gone to the comedy store and tried to get in there when I was young, I think I would have gotten lost. Like, I think my route needed to be the road and the improvs. Like, that was my that was my, my path. How have you changed as a comic then, recently? I feel like your comedy recently is has taken such a sharp jump up. Oh, thank you. Why do you feel like that is? I think I think the road taught me um, things that that city clubs can't teach you about. Um, number one, performing for strangers and not and not having friends there to say, despite that being bad, it was still a good job. Yeah. Like, uh, um, and I think that it got me into so comfortable with an hour that I learned how to, I learned, like, doing an hour was the hardest thing for me to figure out. And it got to a place now where I, like, an hour's, I, I usually do, like, an hour 20 at least on a show. But I think it got me, I think I found my voice a lot quicker on the road. You know, I, I don't know. There was a lot of. What's the difference now between what you're doing now with comedy? Oh. It's, I, it's really, for me, I, I will tell you, for me, the difference a little bit is that you were a performer before. I was writing what other people were writing. Yes, you were, but you were, but you've always been a great. Like I would say this about people bash Dane, and yeah. I, I don't bash con- anybody who gets on stage in front of the microphone. You have my respect. Yeah, it's a fucking difficult job. Yeah, and I would say this: I don't know how funny I think he is as a performer. I can't take my eyes off him. Yeah, he's captivating. Yeah, and I would say this: you, you were always funny to me, but as a performer, I was like, this dude is so engaging, and he he makes me want like you look like you're having a good time. He made me want to be part of it. But it's that now on top of how do you how do you feel like you've graduated past that into where you are now? Well, like I, I like when I was younger, I would go do sets at the Improv, and it was like you do a, a nine minute, ten minute. 15 minute top set and you almost like just because you don't want to talk about one thing for 15 minutes you i would do these bits like mm-hmm. like chunks they were good jokes but they were they were more representative of what was going on in comedy then than what was going on in my life then like although there is still a connection with it i felt like i was one of the guys doing comedy as opposed to trying to separate myself to be more of my own voice and and have that lead the direction and so I think I, I think where I'm at now is like now I don't like I really don't give a fuck I spent 15 minutes talking about shame the other night on stage and just going let's see if something will come of this you can't really do that right because I know that for maybe not 50 maybe like seven minutes but like for seven minutes on the road or at the Irvine Improv or at the Brayer Improv or in Ontario for, to spend seven minutes on shame and see if something comes out of it and find a nugget and get one big laugh in that seven minutes and go, all right, now I know to get rid of that stuff and just do that. Yeah. You can't really do that at, at like the store or no. at the ice house or it. You need an hour to figure these things out. And I think that that is where the road helped me. I come back and now it's like tomorrow, tomorrow night or some night, one night this week, I'm doing a set in the city. And I always have the problem of like seven minutes. Like, what am I going to talk about? Like, what, not, I mean, it's not disrespectful, but, like, what's the point of me leaving my house to do 10 minutes? No, I hear that. Like, I don't, like... Especially for someone who's on the road as much as you are. Yeah, but I'm taking all of December off, and so I thought to myself, I should get uncomfortable with trying to do 10 minutes and, and try to do a couple 10-minute sets and get used to the city. Like, maybe maybe it'll behoove me. Maybe there's, I have something to learn, you know? You know what's interesting is that you talk about that seven minutes, right? And yeah. it's really the difference between great 
and good comics. Yeah. Where you as a comic have to know, look, it, it, at this point, guys like Bill Burr, even when they're fucking around for seven minutes, it's ridiculously funny. Yeah. Okay, right? But Okay. I want to finish this, but we got I don't want to keep ignoring phone calls. Yeah, let's take a hey, caller. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, hey, you're on with Bert and Josh. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, man. It's Justin from Quincy. How are you? What's up, Justin? How are you? I'm doing well, man. How are you? Good. Justin, how crazy is that? Is the train story? Uh, every story. Man. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me feel like I have yet to live a single day. <laughs> uh, did you? Were you familiar with Bert before the podcast? Not, not at all. And oh, nice. I have found a new, uh, new savior. Well oh. done, sir. Dude, Thank he, you. I, I will tell you something, Justin, and, and for everyone who's listening, just, just here's what I enjoy watching people who I know are having fun. And that's the thing, man. It's like when I watch your clips or anything, I'm like, I could watch this because he's having fun. Uh, yeah, I don't. I can't imagine there's people that like. I sometimes like there was comics in New York. The big thing was to be like an angry comic. Yeah, and I was like, why? Why would you get into a job where every night you got to work yourself up into a tizzy and then be like, <sighs> yeah. Like I was like, just have a fucking good time. Fuck yeah, uh, Justin. Did you have a question for him? I, I don't. I just I have a compliment, uh, Bert. You are one hell of a storyteller, man. Oh, thank you. <laughs> right. And it, the story itself is outrageous, but. I mean, just to have you voicing it, it's incredible, dude. It's oh. absolutely incredible. Everybody on my Christmas list that I have yet to buy for, the machine t-shirts, welcome to it. Uh. Thank you, Justin. <laughs> Thank you very much. There you That's go. That's the greatest compliment I've ever gotten. There's going to be a small army in Quincy, Illinois, wearing the machine t-shirts on December 25th. I love you, man. That is like... That, by the way, that everyone listening, that's how you call in. <laughs> yeah, by the way, that was perfect. Yeah, and listen, I, I, I just take a look at his stuff on YouTube, man. You, the stories are like. I just, I just started doing. I wanted to talk to you this about this so badly. I just started doing a vlog, like a daily vlog, like yeah. a week, bi-weekly vlog, where I take a camera out and it I perennial? film myself. It's perennial. <laughs> 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 but I'm editing myself. I'm shooting it myself, editing it myself, and posing it myself. So anyone take a look and just. By the way, I always implore comment and then give me notes. Like, yeah. like I really like this, but you know what? I wouldn't mind see, to see more of this, or because it's like it's the coolest thing. Is like everyone's been commenting in a positive, constructive way. Like, great job. Um, you're a little music heavy. Like less music or dial the music down so I can hear right. what people are saying. Tell people where they can find it. Uh, it's it's all my. Just go to burperbert.com. You can find my YouTube page. You can find all my merch. You can find my tour dates, my book, everything. Everything's at burperbert.com. Three birds. E B E R T. You could have been Igor. Igor. Just like Igor. the three Igors. Exactly. The three Igors. <laughs> Shit! I gotta get Igor. 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 That should be a T-shirt. The three Igors. The three Igors. Oh, oh that would be a great. I'm oh. on it, bird. I'm on it, big guy. Justin, thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, I'm making a new shirt. Uh, I haven't really announced it, but I've, I'm, we're drawing it up because when Mexican guys hear the story, they like they love it, right? Like love it, and so and I don't know why, but this morning after I got my thing, my biopsy done at the at, on Robertson, wherever the thing, right? The Mexican guy that took my car at the thing, and he said, uh, I, "I go to leave," and he gives me my car, and he goes, "Hey." 
You stay out of trouble, Makina. Ah. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I got so excited. It was like the best. So for Cinco de Mayo, I'm getting Aztec warrior shirts that say La Makina. That's amazing. <laughs> Do you know what's funny? Is it's See, fun- and it's all full circle. You you thought you were taking Spanish class, and now they're talking about La Makina. Hey, he was listening. Justin, I fucking love you. <laughs> Justin, you will hear me say that. Justin, you will hear me say that. I will quote you, and I will always say, my buddy Justin. As if we grew up together. But that small town homosexual brought it up. Yes. Nicely done. See that? Oh, you're the best, man. Thank you. Justin, thank you very much for calling, man. Always good to talk to you. Absolutely, man. Continue on. I appreciate it. Great. I thank love you, it. Justin. Thank you. Um, that was great. Do you know what's, it's funny what people. What, do, I, listen, I walk out of the house assuming nobody knows who the fuck I am. Do you also? I, uh, I, I, I think I know what you're going to say. And I think you said it to me when we sat down. You're like, just so you know, my fans probably don't know who you are. So any story you think you've told a million times, don't worry about it. Tell it. It's not going to be a big deal. And I literally, my head was like, and I've said this to a few people. Everyone's like, you need to retire that story on stage. Because I first told on Rogan's podcast. And then, for honestly, whenever it was, probably three years now, Mm -hmm. I've told it every single show. Because every single show show I go to, someone's yelling out the machine. Right. And And I got to a place where the story... Was, is a little bit tiresome for me to tell on stage. To talk to you with and tell you the story is not because it's we're talking about it. Right. It's not me running through and t- telling it in rote straight. And so I said to someone, I was like, yeah, I got to retire the story. And I think it was Tom Skurry. He's like, well, tell it on an hour and then only tell it when you feel like telling it. And then someone else said to me, I think you're overestimating how many people don't know who you are or underestimating. You, you do. I mean, because there's... A good, there's a lot of people in this country. There's, there are. I'm gonna ballpark it. I'm gonna be real honest. I think I have legit 2,500 fans, like that. Hardcore the, bird fans. Like 2,500 people that uh, will make it their mission to see me live next year. I think I probably have around the same amount. That's and this, around like where you're like, those are my people. Like, like legit, like, like. People that will pre-order my book. Yeah. People that will uh, buy. Like I think I have twenty five hundred fans. So I, I, and I, I, for a while I thought my Twitter number was my, my amount of fans. Mm-mm. It's not. I mean I put out a I put out a funny post and only I only get twelve thousand people looking at it. And How then can it, you tell me people are looking at? I it? I have it on my computer. When you go on your computer, it goes twelve. This is this is your most popular post yesterday, right. well, last week, and it's like usually twelve thousand people. Is like the eyes that gets on it, or the at least, and like a good one. If it's funny, it'll be like twenty five. It'll be doubled, but like I gotta look at that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You can find you can do the analytics on your tweets. Here, I'll, you I'll, can. Yeah. By by the way, you know you were talking about lawlessness in in Russia, and I actually do want to get back to something about your kids, but I, you know I just got back from the Dominican uh, last night. Oh really? I was at the David Ortiz golf tournament down there. Oh how fucking great! Is okay, that? so. I was talking, we were there, la- but first of all, last year I caught a little bit of that stomach thing. In there? Dude, I went from, and I walk around at 178. Yeah. A month later, I was 160 pounds. Still just shitting. See, I'm supposed to be 178. I'm supposed to be one, I'm supposed to be like 186. When's the last time you saw 178? Well, I saw 186 uh, when I met my wife. That's two years pre fart in the face. To, to, th- <laughs> probably three. Probably three. <laughs> you know what? One thing I did not ask you about that did you stop no i was done uh when a woman farts during sex it means they're climaxing 
That's what she told you. That's well, no. That, like, oh, did you it, Google it? No, it, no. It's 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 happened twice now. It, with it, her? Yeah, with with her. She had two kids. You gotta expect it. She was every time it was like, oh, oh, here it comes. Oh my god, ha ah, ah. ha. And you're like, what the? Fuck? Have you ever uh, farted during sex? Never. That's a deal breaker, I think. I've, oh, I farted during sex, but it's like one she wouldn't know that happened. I mean, I'm, look, how would I, you not know? How would you not? Just silent, but silent, but deadly. I, I there are a couple things. And my wife is like, that is a deal. Breaker, like if that ever happens. Oh, I've I've let a silent fart out. Has your wife had kids? No. Okay, well then she's she still got got the original rims and tires. <laughs> on. Well, I'm trying to look. I was gonna tell you. This... So look, I posted one show tonight in Irvine. This is how many people saw that tweet. You can tell how many people see it. Impressions. Twelve, ten, ten thousand people basically. That tweet were in front of their eyes. What do you press? People what that, button are you pressing to find that? The this one. The see the tweet activity. Oh, you know, here's how stupid I. How are you do with you technology? Wanna, you wanna, how are your technology? Not good. No, much much better. Much better though. Well, I was looking at it. I'm like, well, I got I got all my bars. I got all my bars. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm I'm all set. But that's not what do it wanna, is. Do you want to see if? Have you taken a poll on your Twitter yet? A poll? Yeah. If you press this button, you mm-hmm. go to new tweet. Okay. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to do a poll. Justin, oh. if we're listening, we should do a poll. You go to this tweet and see this thing right here? Yeah. You hit it, and you can ask a question, and they can answer yes or, yes or no, oh. or one side or the other. Have you done it? I've done it a bunch. How is it? Uh, you get a lot more activity than you do a, like a regular tweet. Like Usually like 700 people will join in. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. You want to find out how many of my fans know who you are? Yeah. Okay. You know, it's going to be like seven. No, this will be interesting to you. Because you know what I was going to tell you is that like, it's amazing to me, like every now and then, where you that you know what happened to you, or I'll be eating at a restaurant, and yeah. someone will walk up and they'll put their plate down and they'll put my plate down and they'll say, "Don't rub your nuts on that." Because on Chelsea show, my thing was yes. that I rub my nuts on everybody's stuff, and they ate it or they wore it or whatever, right? Did you you know who Brad Wallach is? No. We I put my nuts on his bagel. We filmed it. Yeah. He went out of the room. I put my nuts on his bagel, and we filmed it, and then he ate it, and we showed him the. And we aired that. So yeah. my thing was putting my nuts on things. Well, I never really, I, but you'll, I'll be like in, a, in it. I was a TSA. <laughs> Some guy, I walked through and he's like, all right, put your arms up. And he's patting me down. He's like, don't rub your nuts on my head. I'm like, don't worry. <laughs> 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 don't worry about that. Right, ready? I'm yeah. going to tweet it. Do you know? Oh, my Lord. Here we this go. It's going to be, why? I mean, it's going to be the most ego crushing Thing that's Guys, go to my Twitter. It's at Bert Kreischer, B-E-R-T-K-R-E-I-S-C-H-E-R. If you want to answer this question, I'm going to click yes. Yeah, Right please. now, 100% of the votes are oh, yes. Oh, I'm going to 100% too. By the way, 323-282-7424, and I, I, will, I promise to pick it up this time. All right, I got a couple more questions about your kids. Yes. All right, so you say you don't really know like um, what you want for them. Right. Uh, do you have an idea of who you think they are already? And has that changed? And is it amazing to you that two kids who can grow up in the same house can be so fucking different? I'm shocked that they can be that as different as they are. Like, literally globally different human beings. Uh, I think I know who they will be, but I'm cynical. So, like, like I, I think I know who they will be in the bad sense. Like, I'm trying to... You like, mean their faults? I can see their, their shortcomings, and I can see where they'll fuck up, and I'm trying to get ahead of that. Like with like I'm being very candid, but with like Isla, 
She's had, she's dyslexic. She's got tactile issues. She's got what so many tactile like, issues. How? What do you mean? Like I have tactile issues too. So like I don't like I like wearing very minimal clothes, very loose clothes. If things like right now my belt's been driving me all this interview, but and but it just is like a little it's like it's a little obsessive little obsessiveness. Okay, all right. That's the reason I put my balls outside my boxers. It's like if I get uncomfortable, I start like freaking out. I get I like I get the fuck out of here and I walk away. <laughs> I was like that. <laughs> But those, but that that also we found we took an occupational therapist. That also is what drives people to drugs and alcohol. Like these little little factors add up in a person and drives them drug and alcohol. So in a weird way, I've always saw someone in Isla that is a little bit of a wild child. In that, um, my fear is that when kids start smoking pot, Isla will be like, "What's that? Let me try it." Right. Like that's been my fear, and so is she but, curious? Which one of us more? Which one's more curious? Isla. Oh, Isla. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I, 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 there's a ride at Knott's Berry Farm called uh, the Accelerator. Mm -hmm. It takes you off at 84 miles per hour, shoots you up 210 feet in the air. Isla's nine. We're in. We're shooting down there, and literally comes up and he goes, "I want to try it." I go, "Isla, it takes off pretty fast." She goes, "I think I'll like it." She did not like it. It was terrifying to her, like literally terrifying to her. As it fucking should be, by the way. But she got done, and she was like, "I want to do it again." And I was like, "Motherfucker, that's like that's." So is that like you? Is that no, 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 no. I am not that guy. I'm is your not wife? That guy. Is that your wife? A little bit. My wife is a little bit of a hellraiser. George is like me, timid. Like she'll try pot because she'll be afraid to say no. Mm -hmm. Like that's my fear with her. But like she's wound really tight. So like I can see, I, I can see them. I see, I see Isla as this like Justine Bateman. Like remember like that, which version of Justine Bateman? Like the one that was in the rock band. That they drove around in a van and Michael Caine something yeah, or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? I know. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I know. <laughs> Whatever one that was. <laughs> I was such a yeah. small <laughs> group of people would ever understand yeah. that. But uh, and I and I see Georgia as like uh, as like I I I'm Georgia's afraid to just a. I, she's afraid to fail. Oh, but I don't know. I, I don't know who she's becoming because sixth grade is so separate from what fifth grade was. Fifth grade, we knew her teacher. We'd talk to her teacher. We were there at school every day at drop-off. We knew all her friends. Sixth grade is very, like, middle school. Like, hey, just give them to us. We got them. Right. And, and, and in a weird way, you're not dialed in. Like, I only know, like, two of her friends. It's it's really bizarre. And she's eleven, you said. Eleven, yeah. I will tell you what really is. It's weird when they that first couple, that first six months when they don't need you anymore, is a really crazy adjustment period as a parent. Yeah. Because it's it's that first step into them leaving. Yeah. When they don't need you anymore, it's a it was a rough one for me. I remember, look, you know, my kids are much older, and so. But that first one where I remember when the first night when I to Jacob who's my, the baby right so yeah. the, there's so many things that are tied up in the baby because when when that milestone happens with the first one you're like oh that was cool but when it's the last one when you know that's the last time you're going to you selfishly are going to experience that it's tough oh so that first night where I came in to tuck him in he goes I don't need you to tuck me in anymore that was a I. There are certain milestones that I remember. It was a it was a brutal night for me. Santa Claus, this is our last year. Santa Claus. Oh, George still believes. Isla still believes, and it's like who's breaking it to him? 
oh no, I'm just saying that it 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 has to come out right. now. Like she's in sixth fucking grade. Yeah, you're right. I mean, like I I, I she's holding on to hope. She, I said to her the other day. She came into my man cave and was like, "Hey, do you mind if I get on the treadmill?" And I went, "What?" She's like, "I'm running a mile for class in like a week, and we got to run it under ten minutes. And I want to see if I can do it under ten minutes." And I was like, "Okay." And she was in like a like like a little top like a t-shirt but like little jogging shorts and everything yeah. and she was running on a treadmill like a girl like a female and i went and i was like and i was I, I was by the way i'm standing by the treadmill in case she falls yeah so i can stop it and save her and she's like dad i'm fine and i was like oh my god you're growing up yeah and th- but here's the best part about that kid is then she got in her bed that night and, and i hear her like crying and i go what's the matter and she goes I don't know if I want to grow up. I'm gonna miss this uh, so much. And I was like, and I, so I think she's holding on to Santa because she's afraid to grow up. I, I don't think she's saying it to us because she doesn't want to break our hearts. So like, I, I don't know. This is our last year where we'll be able to go. That's so sweet and and super self aware for a child that young, right? Oh yeah, isn't it? I, I think she's very. Georgia is very sweet. Isla's like, Isla in her when she was in like. Second grade, her note to Santa Claus was, uh, I want uh, American Girl doll, I want Polly Pockets, and like number four was, I want proof that your gang is real. <laughs> like, she's just a cynic. Like, tell me that your gang is real. Can I tell you, my daughter, in the middle, right, she is such, uh, you know, we had very little money. Yeah. There was one year, her Christmas list made up entirely entirely of things that she thought her brothers would want. Oh my god. When kids do shit like that and I was like, "Babe, why?" And she's a middle child, but she was like, "What are you doing? Like this is for you." And she said, "I'm okay, dad. I, if they're happy, I'll be happy." Oh my god. You know what? Can I tell you something? It's, it was like it was like I will tell you two things from that. One, it was it warms my heart. But it also was a bit of a red flag where I'm like, down the road, that turns into not, if you're always worried about other people pleasing other people and never thinking about yourself. Genuinely pleasing other people. Yes. The, the, the difference, there's a difference between the sociopath who writes it down and goes, I might get more shit out of yes. this. I, I want him to break his heart to let him know that nah. I, like, that, but to genuinely be like that, there is that fear that you you then become, in, you get into relationships where you're like, I just want to make sure that person's happy. But you end up getting in a relationship with broken swans all the time because you want to fix them, you want to help them, you want to make sure they're better, they're okay, you're yeah. giving to them. And it, it has followed her a little bit like she has every now and then i'm like how many cats you get now well i just took in two more how old is she she's 22 now really how old's your oldest 23 and your youngest is 19 he's 18 he's at lsu i mean you know my kids are older man you know i started young and i the two oldest ones weren't mine biologically yeah and um i will tell you though i'm so glad as an empty nest right now Still a young guy. Like it was a great thing to be have that amount of energy, and I am glad that I did it with no money. And I'll tell you why. I think they appreciated a lot of stuff, and it taught me that I didn't need to. I didn't need to buy the most expensive gift for them to be happy. You know what I found out when they were young? An empty box and balloons was the best thing that I could give them, and that cost me ninety nine cents. Yeah. 
Like it made me realize, you know what's important is that they know that I love them. That's it really taught me like in in a horrible ex- way that we and we lived in fucking poverty, but they never knew we were poor until later when I told them because they've never felt like they were without because they knew that I loved them. We still had fun. We just had fun the way I'm sure you and I had fun growing up, which was yeah. not with something that plugged in. We went outside. Yeah. We found a way to have fun. But it was looking back on it. You know how sometimes the hardest things in your life, while you're in them, you're like, that was the. F- this is terrible. When you get out of it, hindsight, you look back, you're like, I'm really glad that happened to me. Yeah, I'm, I wish that I had that. Like, I I miss, I know, I know what you're saying. Like, I miss, I don't miss being poor. Like, no. I don't miss doing the road for no money. My wife working a job that basically just paid our rent. Yep. And and then that was it. We got free rent if she worked in our apartment building. And the, and we had a nanny because my wife had to work. And so whatever money I made on the road went to the nanny. And then, and like, I remember going to the store. My, I remember my wife would be like, you're not allowed to go to the store because you spend too much money. Like, I have to go to the store. My wife would bring back food. And I, and like, I miss, I miss. There was something about that time. The simplicity of that. My kids don't know what it's like. They don't. They don't know what it's like to be rich. Like we're not we're not rich at all. And we I think out of all our friends, we probably live the most modest. We do too. But like like my kids like going to get a Christmas tree and being like being like, I can't have like fucking 150 bucks for a Christmas tree? Like you gotta be shitting me. Like yeah. these are expensive. And my kids being like, I want that one. And we're like, me and my wife looking at each other going like, Yeah, fuck you. You can't get that. Yeah. <laughs> like Do I, you ever did you ever, your wife and you guys ever talk about like where she would say, you have this amount of time to do this? No, she never said a word. She definitely, distinctly, uh, not, she would never say this for certain, but had thought a couple times that either A, she was bad luck. Because like I was making money before I met her. I was mm-hmm. on TV and then I, ma- I meet her and I stopped doing TV. And I started doing the road. And then she, I just all this money that I had, where I like took her to Europe and for a weekend and came back was just gone. She definitely thought she was bad luck. She and thought she was bad luck. She thought she was bad luck, and she thought that we would be sending our kids to prom out of our out of our apartment. She was like, "We're going to be sending our kids out of, to prom out of our apartment." And the, when when I got to a place where we could buy a house, I mean, to this day, she is the. She grew up in like trailer parks. Mm-hmm. She is the most grateful human being to own a house. Like literally one of those people that takes pride in having but, a house. But but you sh- but she should. Like yeah, but there's there's other people that are like, uh, I don't like the kitchen. I don't like the bathroom. Do you ever? Do you ever? And I think about it all the time. Like, it it's not easy to be married to us. Oh, and our lifestyle and and how long how much we're gone. And not only that, you know what people don't understand? Like, but you're home three days a week or four days a week. Yeah, but that first day, I'm just readjusting. That We call that re-entry in my house. Yeah, I'm just, look, I'm not the best person to be around that first day I get home. Ground control, yeah. major Tom. <laughs> you're readjusting to, oh, I, it's not just me in my underwear jerking off in a hotel room. Yeah. Oh, there are other people here. Oh, whatever we are collectively as comics difficult to marry to, I'm times 10. I'm times 10 because I am, they call it Burt mode, but like I go out and I go for two and a half weeks and I go with a crew of 11 people. For your, for the TV show. For the TV show and I go to Africa and then I, and I'm treated like a king. I have someone getting me water, waking me up in the morning, laying my clothes out. Uh, we're Burt, where do you want to do dinner tonight? I take a look at the restaurants on Yelp or they print out a list of things and I'm like. Yelp in Africa? No, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> and, 
but like, but like, they'll print out a list of all the things. You want to go to hut number one or hut number two? I don't know. What? And, then, yeah. and they'll be like, and I'm like, you know, let's do this. And no one says no to me. And it's just a blast. And yeah. then, and then I go and then I come back and I'm like, listen, on my way back, I'm going to hit Pittsburgh and do a night. And then it's like a sold out show if it's one night and it's sold prop like through WDB. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Sold out. I'm not saying like I said, but like in the in, in the right scenario. And then you come home and and everyone wants to talk about soccer practice. I know. Like, what the fuck? I'm like Allen Iverson. You want to talk about <laughs> practice? I was just in Africa. I'm a franchise player. <laughs> <laughs> but so for how does she adjust? Because she sound. Do you consider her to be close to saint? Oh, beyond it. She's, dude, she is like next level. Like How long have you been married? 13 years. 12 years, 13 years, I think. And she said, like, I had a spin out one time in a hotel room in Knoxville. And it was like, I was you in. You mean a spin out? Like, uh, uh, didn't pay attention to the flights that had been booked. I was heading home and I was head, I had to go from home back to Atlanta. Atlanta's only a couple hours from Knoxville. And it turned out I was only going to be home for like 12 hours. Mm-hmm. And I. I'm sitting in a hotel room, and I'm like, I, it was just because the flights were booked poorly. So, like, I was flying all day one day, getting home, and then flying all day the other day and getting there. And I was had this spin out, and I was like, and just, I was like, and I was like, fuck this. I'm, oh, and I'm in production in four shows at the time, and I got to do a date in Atlanta, and I got to do a show in Atlanta. So it's like I'm double booked in Atlanta, and I'm just spinning out. She's like, calm down, calm down. This is like my wife. Calls up the network, calls my, my friend Anna, who at, no longer at the network, but was at the network, my best friend there. Calls up Anna and says, we need to fix this. Can we get on the phone with the production company and just just get Bert like an extra day? Can we just push, push production an extra day so he has a full day home? And Anna's like, of course. Like, But by the way, I would never do any of that for myself because right. I want to please everybody. And Anna's happened to be in Knoxville with me. And she's like, I'm here with Bert. What's going on? And Leanne's like, go to his room. Bring him a vodka soda and sit down with him and tell him it's gonna be fine. We're working it out and he will be home for a full day. And so Anna comes up to my room with a vodka soda and is like, it's gonna be fine. Don't worry about this. And that's my wife. So then I get home. My wife's like, you got therapy tomorrow morning. I was like, what? She's like, whatever you're going through, the way you're handling it's not healthy. Right. But you need you need to talk to somebody. She gets me a therapist on Skype. And then my wife, throughout this entire six months production, has been I, I don't do any of it, but just communicating with everyone to make sure that I'm doing therapy once a week so that I'm talking about whatever I'm going through and like dealing with people like PAs and, and, and my, and my assistants yeah. and, and UPMs and to get therapy set up and, and then packing it in. Like I'm like, I'm packing it in. She's doing all this from home from home while she's taking care of the kids. She's and doing keeping else. me mentally sane while I'm at home, while she's at home. Doesn't need to out of sight, out of mind. Bert's losing his mind. Who gives yeah. a fuck? But she's doing all of that. And then I'm coming home, and she's not the kind of wife that's like, he's home for two days. Hey, you need to get off. The, you need to sober up. It's My wife's like, we got friends coming over. Thought you want to have friends over. We'll get some wine. And I'm like, fuck, yeah. Like, just cool as shit. I fell off. I don't tell this story very often, only because I'm, I'm – there's, there's a few stories I try to keep that I don't like to share because I'm afraid people will judge me. Mm-hmm. But one of the tr- worst is I fell off a waterfall and fucked my back up. This is my wife. Kay. Where? Uh, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Bradley Falls. I fell off the waterfall, landed on my back was in the hospital, like thought I broke my back, could not walk. Is this during the show? During production of Trip Flip, my other show. Uh, couldn't walk. Uh, they give me prescription like Oxycontins or whatever, hydrocodones. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a gig in Aspen for a lot of money. It's a corporate, like a, like a lot of money for me, but a lot of money for I think anyone would say it's a lot of money. Um, for some people, it's probably average money, but it's a lot of money. Um, and I also have a gig in Seattle that weekend for a lot of money for me. 
my wife's like, calls me up. She says, how's your back? I'm like, I can't. My biggest problem is getting in and out of bed. She's like, well, we're not canceling the corporate because it's a lot of money. Like, right. that's the kind of money where we can start to decide to re- redo our house. Right. So she's like, and if you can do Aspen, then you can do Seattle, and we'll cut off a day in Seattle. I'll fly with you. I'll fly out to North Carolina, get you on a plane from North Carolina to Aspen, get you on a plane from Aspen to Seattle. I'll fly home, and when you come home, we'll take care of it. So I get back. She goes, do whatever you got to do to get through this weekend. So I get home to Seattle, and we're supposed to – it's like spring breaks next yeah. next, like next weekend. And she's like, all right, uh, wakes up one morning. She's like, all right, no more uh, painkillers. If you want, go over to the weed doctor, get a prescription, and get marijuana but you're done with painkillers. This is bad for you. You've been on it for like a week now, and you're taking like four or five a day, and she's like, you haven't shit. You're taking- Oh, that's something that sneaks up on you. Yeah, and she's like, you're done. Yeah. And she's like, go get- if Like, my wife's not a drug person at all. Never done drugs in her life. Go to Joey- I talked to Joey Diaz. Yeah. He said, it's fine. Go over. If you need pain management, go over and tell the doctor you need pain management and do it that way, but you're done with pain pills. Like, that's my wife's like. So she really keeps, and do you ever feel like, and I do all the time, when you come off the road, that you kind of fuck up their flow? Do you know what I mean? Like, the house runs so well almost when I'm not there, and when I get there, I clunk shit up. Does that, do you feel like you do the same thing? Oh, she. Like, sometimes I'll go, I'll do something, and and she'll be like, that's not where that goes. I'm like, that's not, she's like, no, just go sit down. I'll, I'll figure that out. She read an article that the majority of single women over 40, the thing they jo- enjoy the most about their life is no clutter. Because, like, when you're married, there's just clutter. Yeah. It's not yours. You got kids. There's clutter. Yeah. Um, dude, I come in and I leave. Because my suitcase is going to be, I'm using it tomorrow. I do the same thing. Yeah. Suitcase goes right in the middle of the living room. Yeah. My wife now, when I get home, she just walk out of the backyard. I put my suitcase in the backyard. And it's on a ta- on our pa- table in the backyard sitting there. Every time I got two suitcases out, <laughs> one's full of gear, one's full of clothes. And she's like, "Don't even, don't even bring it in the house. I don't even want it in the house. I got everything." And then everything goes to the man cave. Everything I barely even use that house. I sleep in that house, but like everything's right out the thing. Because she feels like you're gonna fuck up our flow. Oh, because I, I walk in the door. I, I will walk in the door, in the door, and drop my bags, and then go into the house. So then all of a sudden you have three bags, two suitcases. If it's stand up, it's merch and my clothes. Right. If it's trip flip, it's my gear, like like climbing gear, scuba gear, and my clothes. And then my backpack, and it's all at the door. It's fucking three bags, right, right at the door. And my wife's like, "How does anyone get in and out of here?" And then I, and then a couple times I brought bed bugs home. So my wife's like, "Well, yeah, you travel that much, you're going to run into bed bugs." Now, do you don't do the bed big bed bug look around? Oh, no, 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 no. I, as a matter of fact, I stayed in a hotel one time that was so nice. They had bed bugs, and I just ignored them because the hotel was so nice. No! <laughs> Can I tell you? The last time I walked into that's so gross. It was so nice, though. It was so nice. <laughs> I was with Annie, Anthony Melchiori, who does Hotel Impossible, and I go, hey, man, take a look at this and these bed bug bites. And he was like, oh, yeah, definitely. Your hotel is bed bites. He told me how to look for them, and I go, I'll do that on the last day. Oh, no. Oh, my hotel was so fucking nice. Have, have you ever taken a black light to your hotel room? Oh, no. Oh, I did. That was a mistake. Oh, my God. First of all, whoever came on the ceiling in the bathroom, I was like, congratulations. Who's <laughs> <It was> this <laughs> guy? I was like, wow. I was in a hotel room in Cincinnati, and I walked in. And what I do before I unpack my bag is I'll drop my bag. And so if there are bugs in the carpet, the, the vibration wakes them up, and yeah. they come to it. Right, so a lot of times, if you want to just throw something like a white piece of paper down the ground, and you'll see if there's bugs in the carpet. 
But I dropped the bag, and immediately I felt like two bites on my calf. Oh. So I was like, fuck this. So I called the front desk. I go, hey, um, I think there are bugs in my room. And the woman goes, oh, are you in room 310? Shut the fuck up. And I said, yeah. And she goes, yeah. The last four people who stayed there said the same thing. Come on down. So I go down there, and I, I'm standing at the front desk, and I go, you know there are bugs in that room? And she was like, I wasn't supposed to tell you that. And the manager is back there. And I go, excuse me, there are bugs in my room. And she goes, oh, that's weird. I go, not according to yeah. the. <laughs> it's 310. Yeah, yeah. I go, yeah, not according to the person here at the front desk who said, oh, you're in room 310. And yeah. you could see the person at the front desk go, um, I'm fucking uh, getting fired for sure. And she goes, the manager goes, I think I remember hearing a couple of complaints about that. Uh, and she goes, you want me, you want me just to room, move you to room 311? I'm like, fuck you. I do not want room 311 or 310. I would like to be in a different hotel, please. If you could please drive me over to a different They knew. They don't give a they don't give a fuck. The bed bug thing, dude, just so you know, the the housekeepers know what rooms. They change the sheets. They see the mattresses. Oh, yeah. They just don't care. No, no. I always thought the best book of all time was if a bunch of housekeepers got together and just talked about, wrote chapters about things they saw in hotel rooms. Wait, have you ever seen my What Will the Maid Think series? I did. No. Do you have, can you pull up internet or is it Aaron can you and I keep ignoring phone calls what time is it real quick 6.30 I probably should head uh -oh. 6.30 uh oh hang on one second oh shit uh -oh. hang on one second I gotta text my wife my wife just texted me what's your ETA the kids dinner is ready can they eat oh boy uh yeah I gotta I'm taping getting dug with high tonight on my way now. yeah okay let's do this then what do you want to plug? Um, check out my vlog. I'm pretty proud of it. It uh, and only because I'm doing it all myself. So it's a lot of learning. But like, if you watch the first one and then the last one I did was with Rogan. Uh, what is, do you, what do you what do you do on the vlog? It's just it. I, I I'm really angry that I didn't do one here because I was I was gonna do one here. I just bring a camera. I have like a little Sony G G7X. Yeah. And I just bring it with me, and I just kind of like. It's a little disconnected because I, I'm doing selfies. So, like, you would never be as natural as maybe a, as a podcast is. Right. But for the most part, I've been chronicling my weight loss, my lifestyle change. And then, like, I did Rogan's podcast. So, for that one, I was like, all right, the wheels are coming off. I'm going over to Rogan's. We're going to get fucking loose. Right. And so, I would just bring the camera. And then uh, I filmed us playing pool and just bullshit and playing pool. And then I go to my friend's house. It's a little easier when you're at your actual friend's house because they don't. They're not on TV. They're not like yeah, yeah. Like and so I really kicked myself in the ass. I left my house early, and as I got to Laurel Canyon and Riverside, I was like, "Fuck!" I left my goddamn camera. But um, but it's cool. It's just like uh, just it's it's a it's like almost like confessionals. It. How long are they? I, I try to keep them around six minutes, seven minutes. And so, what are you talking about the music? Why is there music? I, I put in music because I find them to be bo I find my goal is to make them interesting to people. Like. You you put on an Aerosmith album or you're playing music? No, like no no no. I I play music, but I try to play music that fits the mood. So like uh like the one I did with Rogan is really good because it's, it starts at day seven of this weight loss diet thing I've been mm -hmm. on. But I'm hungover as fuck, and you can see that I'm hungover as fuck. And I play the song from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Hold on, hold on one second. You can plug it right in here. Oh, can I really? Yep. So uh, here, let's see if I can. 
I got I got the internet in here. I must have been in here recently. I saw the password. <laughs> That's uh here, this is the beginning of vlog number ten. Oh wow, it's got five thousand views, which is a lot for me. So you see you see it's like pitch black. You can see it here and then By the way. That's amazing. Good morning. Like so it's oh, just, you look it is, uh, Fucking yeah! I definitely drank last night. Why are you having so five forty-five? I don't remember getting a headache because I, I had a splitting drank, headache, but, and I've been—I had not drank for like a week. A week. Uh, day seven today. You know what I love? You like I that music? I love that. I love that music. Issues with having a vlog. I feel like, and, but I'm, from I'm just reality. I'm just honest. The way you would in a solo podcast. Yeah. I'm just talking to a camera, being honest, and I'm walking around, and I'm like. Like this is the best music choice I've done is this one. This is the beginning of my weight loss vlog. This is the number one weigh-in, and this is the fattest I've ever been. This is the first day of the rest of my life. All Whoa, right. that's you in a banana hammock. This is the yeah. beginning. You recognize the music? That music is amazing. You know what it is? No. Stripes, and then depression set in. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> Right, my official weight. By the way, the you do know more month, about technology. But watch, watch, watch the November editing right 29th. here. You'll like this. November like it, it, I, I wanted the. It, this is where I, you learn in editing. So watch the way the music plays. Yeah. <laughs> so like that was amazing. So the the only you're thing, teaching yourself how to do that. I'm I'm just. Like, and I'm calling up editors I know for my TV shows, and I'm like, hey, t I had did my first one. I was like, take a look at my vlog and tell me what I'm doing wrong. Yeah. The biggest thing, I, the biggest note I got that really has helped me a lot is that cuts should change on music. Music should uh, kind of direct where you change scenes or where you, where you land or where you go to a different jump shot. Yeah. And so, like, but it's been fun. And it's a, like, my podcast, like, I, I, I'm proud of my podcast. But I'm more like grateful for my podcast because I get to hang out with guys I wouldn't normally get to hang out with. Right. Um, I'm glad people like it, but for the most part, it's a little gluttonous because it's just me hanging out in my man cave, I, and we get to have a great talk. Um, I'm proud of this because I'm learning it, and I'm I'm getting better at it, and it's something that I should have been doing a very long time ago. I I'm interested in doing something like that. You, I think you'd like it. So I'll tell you, these are the guys you should watch. Okay. Uh -huh. This one guy, guy, Casey Neistat. He's like probably the the most innovative guy doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And then the guy that inspired me, and I don't know how I found him, but I, I just did. His name's Mr. Ben Brown. He's a guy out of South Africa who does a daily vlog. Every day he does it. Five minutes. And it's five minutes, and it's just... Does it's just, he edit, or does he go straight? They both, But they're both editors. They can edit for real. Like, right. they can make movies. So for them, it's really quick. For me, it takes... Like a day to edit one, and you're not doing it on your iPhone. I'm no, I'm doing it. I've I've done them on my iPhone. I've definitely done them on my iPhone because you can. It's really easy. Yeah. With the YouTube capture program, um, but for the most part, I'm doing them on iMovie. Kind of basic. iMovie super easy to figure out. What camera are you shooting on? The Canon G7X, and it's it's a, it's just it's got a it's. Got, I wish I really am angry I didn't bring it with me. It's got a screen on it, so yeah. you can flip the screen so you can see what you're shooting, which is really important. Canon G7X. And then I got these. My buddy is. Uh, builds this thing called a dinkum system. It's clamps with like a bendable arm. Yeah. And so I use those. I hold those, and I kind of do selfies. And it's really helpful. Like 
it, when you're with someone else to have someone else shoot for you. Like Red Band shot me and Joe playing pool. Yeah. And he did a great fucking job. Like it looks, it really stepped it up because Red Band knows what the fuck he's doing. Yeah, yeah. So he's doing like these push in shots. Like he, it looked good. So, but those are, you know, it's it's been fun because it's also a way to, I believe, to kind of aggregate your fan base in a sense that they haven't seen you. So, like, what what what's really bumming me out about today, not bringing it today, is that I wanted, like, it's it's great to be able to say, uh, like, the last vlog I did was with Joe. Yeah. The vlog before that was with Joey, and it was just me going over to Joey's podcast and having my my thing, and yeah. then just Joey, Joey doing a rant about me being on a cleanse, taking out pop brownies, you know, and people love Joey. Yeah. And so, what's great about it is that this one has five thousand downloads, which is a lot for a vlog. My normal videos probably get. Anywhere around there, yeah. but like for a vlog, it's only been up 20, 20, 48 hours, and but people are going and they're seeing Rogan's name and they're going to that, and then they go, That's it. then they see Rogan, and then Joey Diaz comes up, and they're like Joey fucking Diaz, yeah, Chris Porter, like, and they're like clicking. So I think it also adds to my podcast. So this is the other thing that I'm, I've, as I do what I'm thinking of, is like our podcast. I have video for. Well, I just posted the full video of me and you talking. What I also could do is take that video and like the one snippet story where we're laughing the hardest, just plug that into the vlog and that be a part of the vlog also. And it, it's just a more multimedia way yep. to go about it. It 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 also starts you in the conversation of where is media and content going. Because that's the one place where production companies are getting lost is they're not really paying attention to where content's going. Because as a content provider somebody what you do for a living is you provide content mm -hmm. technically seamlessly and these guys can't what you're doing is you say how do i like using this medium what's the best way for my voice to use this medium you know like how do i like communicating with my fans like like think about podcasting what we do right now what we're doing right now we just simply took the medium of radio and decided how we wanted to do it right and that's it this thing's been around forever, but so many people, if you think about it, and I, I'm not shitting on radio guys, it's a it's a different muscle, but how, not the good ones, but how many shitty radio guys simply got into the thing and then just regurgitated what they've seen? And that happens with television. But that happens with any art form, right? Yes. Any, art, any, art is full of copycats. Yes. Right? And so if you start doing a vlog, you'll find a way that you like doing it. You'll find a way that you, and I'm still learning, I'm only on like vlog nine. I'm vlog 10. I'm editing vlog 11 right now. But, like, you find out how you want to present content for yourself to your fans. And it, it – I'm telling you right now, this vlog changed a lot of how I make television only because I started doing it in the middle of doing Birth Conquer. Mm -hmm. And I started realizing what I was leaving on the table, like what I was leaving not shot. I started realizing how I wanted what was shot shot. Like, I decided I didn't want to do reads anymore. Like, I was like, reads are something that don't exist in television. Yeah. No one does that anymore. Back when me and you were doing pilots, you'd stand somewhere and go, hey, I'm Josh Wolf. Yeah. Tonight, we're doing this, 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 and this. Who's ready to do it? Come on, let's go. And and I'd do it. I'm Burt Kreischer. I'm here in Cedar Point. I'm going to ride the four biggest and baddest roller coasters in under one hour. Are you with me? Let's go. No one does that on television anymore. And people that do are dated. Now what you do is you be yourself. And you seamlessly be the hilarious Josh Wolf that you are. And you, and this is the, the onus is on the editors right now that are making great television. They are forced to to redefine how they make content. Mm -hmm. the, my, man, my, my editors are fucking amazing because I didn't realize... But Bert, 
they have to pay more attention to who you are now. Yes, and they and and what was happening was so much television was cookie cutter. Yes. You get a story producer who comes in, does a string out. They go, oh, here's his intro. This is when he meets the guy. This is when they try the food. This is them laughing for like, I'll give him one laughing beat. And then this is him saying goodbye. This is my string out. I'll give it to the editor. And the editor goes, great, I got it. And yep. then the editor just posts it together, cuts on, on some audio and, and overlays some audio and does some cool little tricks. Nowadays, I mean, I'll definitely say this on Bert the Conqueror that we just finished. I gave them none of that. I gave them... If you want, you can shoot me in the car going to work, and you can shoot me at work, and I'll work. But I'm not going to be other than me Yeah. because I started becoming obsessed with content and going, good content isn't cookie cutter. N- no, but that goes back to like when you're talking about your comedy. You're learning that what's funny about Bert is Bert. Dude, it's the same as the guy who had the joke. Uh, I'm not saying that I haven't done this at times, but like the guy who simply watched comedy a couple times was like, great, okay, I need a joke about what I look like. Yeah. I look like this and this, had a baby and then this. I need a joke about this jacket. I need to wear a crazy jacket. I know you're thinking about this jacket. I, I need a joke about uh, a funny prank I play on my buddies. I need a joke about this. Like they just looked at the. the Bert, the, can I tell you, when I first got into comedy, that yeah. belt is killing you right it's now, isn't it? fucking driving me nuts. When I first got into comedy, I remember I was driving to Seattle from New York. I was gonna. St- I started in Seattle. Yeah. So driving to Seattle, and my mother was like, "What do you want to do before you leave?" I go, "Well, I got to find out what Mike, who I'm gonna be on stage." Yeah. So I did a lot of research, and I decided I was gonna be the guy, who wore a t-shirt and a vest and that hat that Stallone wore in the first Rocky. That's what I decided, right? Because you're saying I have to look a certain way. I'm gonna be yeah, the guy. Yeah. So that's what that was my. I decided not what I was gonna talk about. That wasn't my who am I. Yeah. Well, my who am I was gonna be the guy who wore a colorful vest, a t-shirt, and a and a fucking Stallone hat. That's... And that is how I decided I was going to be defined, rather than, oh, this is the guy who talks about, or this is my who am I on stage. Like, I, I was too scared to really want to disclose anything about myself yeah so i wanted to be identified as you know visually yeah and that didn't work out so well for me. <laughs> so funny i was the exact opposite i knew i knew more about who i was on stage when i first started than i did four years in four years in i got really lost and was like was like and i just was like oh shit like i need a I need something like this. I need like I, I need to have I need to have all my tools. I, I really felt like I needed all my tools. I need to have a bunch of one liners. I like I needed stuff to get me out of trouble. And so I almost like regressed and and then, you know, shortly thereafter kind of figured out, oh fuck, like I was putting on clothes that weren't me. Yeah. And and now I feel like I'm like, Oh yeah, I know who I am. You know, I, I remember the moment it clicked for me. Um and I'm a t I I never and if you read my book about me being a single dad, I never badmouth my ex because I don't know that that does any good. Right. I'm not badmouthing her here now, and she's sober now and a good person, and we have a great relationship. But there were times when, you know, she was supposed to get the kids, and I would have them, you know, all set up to go to her apartment. And, you know, they were with their little suitcases and their little sleeping bags, and she just never showed up, right? And it was heart- It was heartbreaking to sit there on those nights knowing she wasn't coming. Yeah. And my, I'd have my brother call from the other room, and I would take the phone call and pretend it was her. And um, I always had, like, either a present wrapped or a dessert bought that I would say was from her. 
she couldn't make it, but she wanted you to have this, or she wanted you, oh, right? Because I would just plan, right? Yeah. And it was a bunch, it was soul-crushing time. I remember the first night I got on stage, and I was going to get into my jokes about, oh, hey, this happened today in the news, and and I just could, I was so overwhelmed with my experience that I, I, I had to talk about it, right? Yeah. It was the most laughs I'd ever gotten because it was so honest, and it was so people... Uh, identified right away with the honesty in the story and then funny just came out of it right yeah that i was like oh shit like this is this is what comedy is this is i have to tap into what is happening with me and how i feel in honesty those moments where you know where you're not i and i always say this to like young comics where you see them do something amazing you're like do more of that like they're like people who's aren't trying to write a joke that they think other comics would write. Yeah. They just say something that they think and then you go, that's fucking funny. Yeah. Like when you just, it's not trying to art. Like you're just being you and then the beauty of By your- By the way, that's Joey Diaz. Oh, that's why he's fucking genius. I'll tell you something right now. You know, I've known Joey since Seattle and Joey used to write jokes like Brody. They'd go on stage and write jokes and die yeah. and then get off stage and have all of us rolling. Yeah. So one night we were, I was sitting there with Joe and I was like, Joe, you have to stop writing jokes. And he goes, but I go, tell that story. He goes, there are no punchlines in it. I go, the entire story is one giant punchline. If you wrote it down on paper, I bet you, you couldn't pick out the punchline. But the way you tell it, yeah. it's fucking funny throughout. It's like Joey Diaz, the genius of him, is when he, like, and I, I've, this is one of the, this is exactly what I'm talking about. When he says something and he's not trying to be funny, and you're doubled over. Oh my God. One of his favorite line, my favorite line he's ever said, and I'll never forget it. He was not trying to be funny. We were just talking, and I and I said to him, "Hey man, what was what's what's like your first night in prison like?" And he was like, "Dog, if you think black people are allowed in the movies." <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was fucking doubled over, and I was like, "Do you say that on stage?" He's like, "No, no, no," and I was like. Joey, you have to say that on stage. He was like, nah, man, nah, I don't want to get into that. And I was like, Joey, that is the funniest thing I've ever fucking heard. That, But that's his genius. Dog, if you think black people are allowed in the movies. Yeah, that's his genius is that, I listen, I don't know if he sits down and writes. I don't know if he has yeah, to. Yeah. He just needs to get on stage and talk. If you haven't heard his podcast, oh, go to just download one episode of Church of What's Happening Now. You'll be floored. And his stories... Are second to none. Uh, they're the best. Second he, said, to none. he said to me one time, he goes, he goes, uh, I have a really big dog, and he's like, ah, I don't like dogs. I mean, uh, Priscilla's fine, but like, I said, why not? And he goes, I don't know, man. When I first got to this country, I got attacked by dogs like four times my first week. <laughs> I said, Are you serious? He goes, Yeah, something about me, man. They just didn't like. <laughs> and then he goes, Bert, I'm not even kidding. One time, a dog passed me on the street and then came back to bite me. <laughs> And I just had this visual of a dog, like, passing me going, oh, shit, I forgot. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but you see little chubby Joey Diaz on his co- album cover, like. Uh, <laughs> you know, when I first met him, he was 215 pounds. Are you serious? He wore a three-piece suit on stage. Oh, man. Three-piece suit on stage. I-, I would tell you, I'll tell you what he used to close with. It was a street joke. Yeah. Oh, it was the fucking best. And he would do that, you know, with his hand. He would do that with his hand, and he could pace back and forth. He doesn't yeah. pace much anymore. One of my favorite on stage Joey Diaz stories is he had never had Xanax before. And we were in um, Beaumont, Texas, and I was going on stage before him, and he goes, how much time are you going to do? 
And as I was saying that, he, he put two pills in his mouth. And I go, what is that? And he goes, nah, it's a Xanax. Somebody gave them to me. I go, you ever had one of those? He goes, nah. I go, did you just take two of them? He goes, yeah, how bad could they be? I go, are you kidding me right now? So he's, you know, he's not a big drinker. Right. He had like one or two beers, just or jacks or whatever. About 40 minutes into his set, he was on his knees, resting the microphone on his stomach so he could talk into it. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, Josh Wolf. And he's talking to me. Uh, yeah. Josh, you gotta, you gotta come get me a stool and get me and lift me up. And I was like, I can't fucking. <laughs> There's no way I'm lifting you up. Yeah. And he goes, I, I just need to rest for ten, for ten minutes. I go, you're in the middle of your set, you know. <laughs> I just need to rest. For just 10 so minutes. you know, other people can hear you talking. Okay, you're on stage. Yes. But he is like, a, by the way, a bull. He'll outlive all of us. Those two Xanax affected him for like ten minutes, and then he was back. He's an, he's he's been a, a true machine, by the way. Oh fuck a yeah, true fucking machine. I watched him eat a hundred milligrams of marijuana the other day. A hundred? Like, oh no, no, it was. I'm sorry, a thousand milligrams. He's like he's at that level where he's popping those Death Stars one at a time. Oh my god, I, I don't get it. I could never do that. Well, I'm going to do de- getting dug with high right now. So yeah, what time is it? What time you got? Six forty. All right, oh, guys, yeah. we All should right. definitely wrap up. Hey, Bert, 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 Bert. com. You want to find out the numbers on how many people know who you are? Uh, okay. Let's do it. What percentage? What percentage? And you can go to my website, comedianjoshwolf.com. I'm going to be in Phoenix, December 10th to 12th, St. Louis, 17th to 19th. Bert. 770 votes. Oh, no. 51% yes, 49% no. That just means you got to do my podcast again. I mean, let me just tell you something. I feel like as long as I'm in the plus. Yep. And by the way, 770 votes. Yeah. That's a much that that that's and that's just in that's been one 42 minutes. You got to try one of these polls. I'm gonna do it. Do one with me. Find out if anyone knows who I am. I'm gonna do it right now. Yeah. Type in me. All right, guys. Thank you. Love you. That was fucking great, man.